Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Big Brother 22 Roundtable Podcast. This is the podcast where we break down everything from the feeds, and on this particular podcast, we will be talking about the legacy of these returning all-star players on Big Brother 22. I'm your host, Karen Armstrong, and with me tonight is Matt. How you doing, Matt? I'm good. I'm excited to uh, to get into it. We've had a couple crazy days since that last HOH comp. So uh, it's crazy how within two days, still so much to talk about. So looking forward to it. Yes. Also with me is Asia. How you doing, Asia? I'm doing well. I, um, I'm so glad the feeds have been how they are because I definitely at the end of that HOH, when Memphis was crowned HOH, I thought, oh my gosh, this is about to be the most boring week i've ever seen but it didn't turn out that way so i'm so glad to be here talking about it yeah it didn't quite turn out that way Uh, (laughs) also joining me is dallas uh who is uh i I played sequester with he's a big uh big brother fan uh dallas how you doing i'm doing good i'm ready to break down the amazing all-star gameplay that we've been seeing the last (laughs) couple weeks all right. Very excited to talk with you guys. Um, we will be discussing everything that's been going on on the feeds since the last time we had a roundtable. So around Tuesday, there wasn't too much that happened from Tuesday to Thursday, but uh, there's plenty to catch up on from this week. And then we'll get into the state of the house and the legacy watch. So let's get into it. Um, one of the most important events from the previous week, from before Thursday on the feeds in the house, was that Nicole Anthony walked in on Cody, Franzel, Tyler, and Danny scheming. And she was like, oh, they, they were definitely scheming. They were definitely doing something. They were doing something sketchy, and they covered it poorly, and I caught the four of them. And she was trying to tell people this prior to the eviction, but it didn't really go anywhere. Um, but that happened, and it's going to be important for the story of this week so far here, Matt. Yes, it did. Um, which is crazy, because... Well, not crazy, but like Nicole is obviously a very important person that's going to be talked a lot tonight talked about a lot tonight since the season began we've been talking a lot about people and they're specifically very bad reads uh that have been happening and nicole is absolutely one of those people uh you know along with many other people in the house but she walked into this room she saw this you know she saw this group and 
I don't know if you consider that a read or not because it's something that she actually saw before her eyes, but she brought it back to people. And, you know, it's been, I guess the closest she's been to kind of being correct about something uh, in a while, but as you know, days have gone on, a lot of this has kind of been mixed up here and there. So uh, it, it doesn't seem like we're, you know, using any of that towards anything good for Cole's game at the moment. Yeah. It's um, I mean, to be fair, like many people have walked in on these these guys who have been like totally scheming like mm-hmm. day walks in on them talking game constantly um and she's she's getting some okay reads elsewhere now but she doesn't seem to always catch them when they're talking game so i i will give some credit here to nicole anthony that she did manage to catch these four and they aren't really a, a tight four there's no official alliance of the four of them but it's Close enough, Asia. Right. (laughs) Very much so close enough. It's close enough to being that side of the house. And so, you know, when Nicole caught them, I was like, this is going to be Big Brother 21 all over again because she has the right information and just doesn't know what to do with it. And so I think that the fact that that other side is so convoluted and all the tangling webs, it's kind of hard for her to even justify that when telling someone else about this alliance that she caught talking because they're like, oh, well, they know that Tyler is close to so-and-so or they know that Cody is close to Enzo. So that really wouldn't really make sense. And, and so I don't know. I just I hope something comes of it, but I feel like we're too many days away from um, when when that happened for anything to come to fruition. Yeah, I, I feel like I've been talking about this, too, since the feed started that they, for all stars, they're not great at changing the subject uh, eloquently. <laughs> Danny, Danny, Danny Briones. Oh, my goodness. Uh, she is the main offender there as she is just anytime somebody walks in the room, she has to tell them, oh, we were just talking about the dog that I saw a couple of weeks ago. Oh, we were just talking about uh, the Coca-Cola that's in the fridge. It's been sitting there for a couple of days. It's like nobody asked. <laughs> Literally, nobody asked. It's fine. You can relax. Yeah, it's that thing where it's just like, uh, oh, 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 hey, hey, Dallas, you just walked into the room. We, this is what we were talking about when we think the comp is starting. When do you think the comp is starting, Dallas? I, I don't know. Beats me. Who's in the DR? That, that's really the conversations that they're having. And it's so bizarre. And I think one of the reasons Danny gets away with it so easily is because she's talking game with almost everyone in the house. And so I really feel like a lot of people feel comfortable with her. So if they walk in and she's talking to other people, it's like, well, she's not scheming against me. So for now, that's how it is. Dallas, did you have a go-to line that you used when people would walk into your sequester room or I guess click into your room? I would literally just say the thing like everyone else says and be like, have you heard a name? No one's dropping a name. I feel really good about this room right now. The people in this room are really The vibe that's going through this room is through the roof. If we could just keep Write all your names down. Us four. To the right now, the we got this. I feel so good about this. I feel Locking like we're not in. even getting that with all stars. They're not even giving us that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the week goes on, and uh, we're going to see that there was a little bit of a last minute push to try and keep Keisha, but it wasn't really real. It was a lot of Devon kind of, um, for some reason, tricking. Janelle and Christmas into thinking that there might be votes for Keisha to stay when there really weren't. And that got them, you know, talking to people and Janelle to this day is, is still like, Oh, we should have kept Keisha. We had the numbers to keep Keisha and we didn't do it. I just really wish we had Keisha in this house. Nicole Anthony, best friend of Kevin. (laughs) And it still feels like that, uh, that, 
not I don't I don't think they ever could have successfully gotten Keisha to stay because obviously things were getting a little messy towards the end of the, nobody was ever on board with that but it seems like at least I saw Bailey today that seemed like she might have actually considered it if maybe they had another day or two right and hey even Keisha said that if she had another week she yeah. could have lasted in the house if only <laughs> I mean that's that's all you nearly need is uh, you know if you were evicted in a week you just needed another week and then you might not have been evicted in that week right yeah uh, somebody needs to give Keisha's uh, Twitter handler um, uh, a couple of extra weeks as well. Uh, so Keisha is evicted unanimously and Memphis wins the next HOH. Dallas, did you think this was going to be a boring week, too? Because I did. I did think like this was going to be pretty smooth sailing. I went into this HOH not expecting like I, I wasn't even thinking about Memphis winning. And then I wasn't at all expecting him to have the HOH-itis that he does, this guy might as well be sponsored by Airheads. Those old commercials. <laughs> His head, this big, and he's kind of being super rude to everyone, too. It's like 0 to 100, the classic case. But I didn't expect to see it so soon in an all-star season. Yeah. 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 I'm literally... just super, super for it. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's so, and, and here's the thing too, like Memphis, it, he was acting like this before. He just didn't have any real power. Like he was just like, all right guys. So what we're going to do is right. He was pulling everybody it's a in. six person alliance and I'm going to choose the people. I'm going to talk to everyone what, to be so blatant. <laughs> you expect <laughs> him to be this blatant about it. Yeah. And what went into I mean, we're seeing the results of that this week, but what went into that decision-making process that this is the alliance? Oh, I don't need to get to know them beforehand. I don't need to make sure that these people actually can work together on a game level. I just, Mm -hmm. I have these people in my head, you know, they look like me. So I'm going to form this alliance and get these people together. And it's just like crashing and burning because it just, it came out of thin air, not naturally, not, okay, we get along. So I think we probably will work together. It just, out of out of uh, thin air, this alliance formed, and it was just like, "What are you thinking?" I was sitting there before the HOH um, on Thursday, and I was like, "The one person I don't want to win is Memphis. <laughs> Everyone else, hey, it could be an interesting week, but not Memphis." Yeah, yeah. and signs the signs were being like picked up, picked up. I guess on um, uh, people like Miller, who uh, back uh, whether it was Thursday or the day before, I don't quite remember. Remember, but he was talking to Cody about, about Sorry, this Matt. group. <laughs> Sorry, your audio, your audio going crazy is, right now is uh, jumping around a little bit. Maybe, uh, uh, maybe try disconnecting and reconnecting or something. All right, um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, so, uh, to me, to me, that's, uh, this plan of Memphis is like, we've heard that Memphis was an alternate and that he was called like shortly before sequester to me, like the strongest evidence that he did not have a lot of time to like talk to Dan, uh, beforehand is that there's no way Memphis pitches this idea to Dan. Um, and Dan doesn't say, what, what are you talking about? Um, there's just there's no way <laughs> right <laughs> exactly like there's no I don't even think he had a week to prep like maybe there was one conversation and from that conversation he got out uh, get out Ian and and that's what that's the only thing he's rolling with I don't see any other game plan I don't see um, I, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter just other people's opinion about the fact that Memphis is so self-interested and like that's the type of game he knows how to play he does not know how to play in an alliance and that's so evident 
what I have a problem with, like, I don't necessarily dislike how he's playing 100%. It's just like, I don't know if he's going to go about it and try and force everybody to play in the safety suite or like not tell everybody what he's doing. Like that is a plan. That is a way to play this game, but he doesn't have to tell everyone. He's like mansplaining his game of big brother to the other people playing big brother. Like you don't have to do that. Just do it. Yeah. The way Memphis is playing is like uh, how Dan would be convincing Memphis to play. If Dan was still (laughs) planning on taking Memphis to the final two. Uh, So sad. (laughs) Um, So, uh, so he's HOH and he, uh, so basically what he is doing, uh, what we're talking about uh, aside from his crazy line structure is that he, he wins the HOH and he talks to some people one-on-one, but he's like, he's locked the door. Like they have to knock to come in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's this like a, what- <laughs> a Sam B, uh, BB 20 HOH. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, they, ha- they have to knock to come in. Cody is like, you- are you locking the door already? <laughs> they have to knock to come in. There's people ringing the doorbells and he's not even given a courtesy. Like, can you give us a few minutes where he's just sitting in there and doing nothing about it? This is what I mean by like the lines are drawn for him. He's just being blatantly rude to like some of these people. He's cut them off and he's not even interacting. Mm-hmm. It's so bizarre. It's week two. <laughs> This is week two, dude. And only day, what, day three of his HOH. <laughs> it didn't take long. He, it took him two seconds to go down there with the freaking robe on, too. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> has he never watched? The, I, don't, I can't. I can't believe it. And people are walking in and he's just they're like, so I just wanted to, you know, check in. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess so. Uh, I mean, look, I, what I, I'm not sure. Not sure yet. So. <laughs> Yeah, Get there'll out. be waste materials. So, so I, let me know how that again. But uh, yeah, I, I am. Yeah, so, just a I, it's very strange. It is. It's I've like never seen it. Repeating. It's, you're like, it's like a hiccup. Yeah, I don't know well, why. <laughs> <laughs> it oh just. God. It's like I don't know what. Well, why? That's yeah. what we just heard. <laughs> um, I've, I, I've never seen this before. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, hello, hello. <laughs> no, it's still doing it. Okay, man. Um, I, I, I guess I would try a restart um, of the computer. Um, maybe try different headphones. I don't know. I, um, I plus switch to my AirPods. I don't know if that's. Oh, there you go. Oh, perfect. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. goodbye to this thing. I have no idea what that was about. Um, hope <laughs> hope it was as funny for uh, everybody else as it was for Taryn. What were we talking about, Memphis? Yeah, uh, so I, I, I'm okay now. I was just being Memphis, laughing at your problems uh, with no regard <laughs> oh, for your feelings. God. <laughs> okay. Um, all I was going to say is that this could be easily turned into a good segment on the show if they decide to taking uh, the exact what they had with Memphis a couple days ago of uh, here's him making alliances to here's him like shutting the door on a million people and not having any interest in talking to them. So they could do something with this if they want to. 
Yeah. Um, so uh, in the meantime, um, Nicole is going to give her uh, her uh, pitch, the idea. She walked in on those people, uh, Cody Franzel, Danny Tyler. Um, she thinks that they're working together. She's finally going to tell somebody that's listening. And that's Janelle. And Jan- Janelle's going to grab Kaser. And now they finally have something concrete that they can hold on to. Like, oh, this is it. Danny is a rat that Stania can't be trusted. She's with them. This is the power structure. We need to tell Memphis about this because uh, he needs to do something about it. Um, they don't get to Memphis in time, and we'll talk about that. But uh, but now they know, and it's in particular, Janelle and Kaser are fully on board the train of we need to get rid of these people. We need to dismantle their power structure because if we wait too long, it'll be too late to do anything about it. Yeah, if only Janelle and Kaser realized that Memphis isn't their sole ally and is oh. playing the game with other people. I mean, what a crazy thought that would be, right? <laughs> right. Imagine other people in the house. I don't know where they get that idea because they hardly ever talked game with Memphis last week. It's like early morning, early morning conversations with Kaser, but that's it. Like, I don't know where they got this bright idea that Memphis would be on the outside of that. I think they just think of him as a fellow, like, OG and so maybe he wasn't pulled in like they weren't but they need to get with it because this could have been such valuable information but the fact that they included him is just a wash all all week last week they were going to Memphis like we need to save Keisha and he was like I don't know I don't know. And they're like, and this week they're like, he's totally with us. He's (laughs) definitely on your too. This whole, this game feels like a fever dream, right? Because like from the start, yeah. It's been so long without an all-star season, I feel like every fan has done the sandbox. Like we've taken, Oh, who would we want? How would it play out? And like you grab these people. I almost want to hit reset. I hate to say it, but like it's <laughs> playing button. out. Yeah. Give us the reset button, dude. It's, it's playing out in such a bizarre way. Bring in the coaches. <laughs> <laughs> Do something, dude. I don't know. Yeah, I I feel like it's what you could imagine, though, because they're every single one is paranoid. Yeah. Um, I mean, you had Keisha last. I mean, last week she wasn't really all there uh, game wise. But if when you have this many people paranoid, there are going to be crazy assumptions that are made or yeah. crazy like conclusions that they come to that they're going to roll with. They're going to make the right conclusion and then not roll with that because then they're second guessing mm-hmm. their other decision. And it's so interesting, too, because they're not just paranoid about each other in the house. They're paranoid how they're portrayed. They're paranoid how they're perceived Mm because those are separate now because you've got the Twitter verse and how they react to certain things that happen in the house. And then you have the actual show, how you're shown in the house. So there's so many factors that play into it. And because they are all stars and they have been through it, I think that gives them like that anxiety to not trust their gut. And I think that's probably why most of the decisions that should be being made are like being talked about and then nothing's getting done about it. Yeah. That's one of the the most, uh, the biggest commonalities that they share that they've talked about is they all agree that just like, Oh man, it's so brutal on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> like everywhere, like, like Ian talks about like every single one of them, uh, regardless of how well liked they are. It's just like, Oh my God. Yeah. We just, it's just, it's just it's so brutal. It's, uh, I mean, sucks. except, uh, Davon. 
I think <laughs> she's the only one that's like For specifically real. talking to Twitter, right? And, uh, <laughs> making sure the fans know exactly what she's thinking and uh, right. the fact that she's she's like I'm trying, guys. I know yeah, we like, I, I swear, I'm doing everything you want. Please don't turn on me. <laughs> I, I, you know, you know, I know what you want. I'm, I'm doing my best here, but you know, not much you can do. It's, I mean, the, the obvious uh, problem here that's kind of creating, uh, not allowing the fan favorites to work together is really just this Danny and Janelle lack of trust. I mean, both uh-huh. of them seem to be feeling good about Janelle, not about, about Devon, uh, <laughs> but about uh, Devon. But obviously we've seen a lot from today with, specifically Danny and Janelle, that they can't get on the same page. Um, whether or not that's because of one specific person being Danny, maybe, uh, you know, <laughs> might be it. But um, that's really, I guess, preventing them from uh, being able to to do that, to pull it all together. But Yeah, they did show that interview or there was that interview that Danny did before she went into the house where she said she wants to be seen as the best female player to ever play this game. She knows Janelle is seen as the best female yeah. player to play this game. Yeah. So no matter how much she likes Janelle in the house, she's it's always in the back of her mind that she needs to be the one to get Janelle out. So she's doing everything she can to pit the other side against Janelle just because in the back of her mind, this is her ultimate goal, whether she but, wins or not. See, Some, some, that, hold on, some somewhere deep in the middle of nowhere. Maggie just raised her head and said, excuse me. <laughs> right. So exactly. That's, that's pretty much what I was going to say. I've listened to a lot of podcasts with Taryn, with Rob, with Brent, with anybody, Melissa. I have not once in my life heard the phrase or the sentence, Janelle Pierzina is the best yeah. big brother uh, female player of all time. I don't think I've ever heard that. Well, so we are going to talk sure about the legacy from. watch and she was at the top of the legacy watch. Yeah, in no doubt about that. But that's the player, I don't know if I've heard that before. Right. Even though people don't say that, and even though that's not a statement, Danielle is thinking that Janelle is in competition yeah. for one of the top yeah. and it's, players. It's to not just game. Danielle either. It's Nicole. Like it goes down the line. There's so much animosity there. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's probably one of the main contenders, just knowing that you're in there with big names. And in order to, you know, either raise your stock or maintain the stock that you had going in. You got to go against them. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, this is exactly the right podcast to talk about it because we will see what this has done for Danny. Uh, with this, the is, this is not the podcast they should be playing their game based around. They should be playing their game based around the Tuesday podcast, but they're not. So this is a problem. Well, it's a good thing we added this one. Then. I, I mean, I guess, but do they know about this? Like, did they hear about this while they were in sequester? I mean, I did. A- I did reach out to them and I formed a secret massive pregame alliance based around the Legacy you. Watch prior to the season. Um, so, and then Nicole F told the producers that everyone mm. was listening, so they didn't. You know, yeah, All right. yeah. So the safety competition happens. Memphis is not telling anybody anything so that he can get as many people to play in the safety competition as possible, um, including a couple of his own allies from this usual suspects, whatever they want to call it, group um, that he created as he wants at least two of them to play. Cody and Christmas do end up playing um, and Christmas ends up winning the competition and then goes ahead and saves Ian from uh nomination uh christmas sort of sees the house as this memphis group versus uh janelle um uh bailey davon um caser nicole like those people and then people like ian and kevin are in the middle um and this is not a great read 
but it's not as terrible as most. Um, <laughs> but she sees this opportunity to kind of win favor with somebody in the middle. And of course, it was Nicole Franzel that really encouraged this view of the house and this view of Ian uh, in Christmas that uh, that ultimately got her to make that call. Um, so Ian is now safe, Dallas. Um, it's so funny. I'm a, listen, I wouldn't have casted Christmas either for all stars. I know so many people were upset about that at first. I think other than she talks a lot about herself, if she didn't do that so much, like she's in a great spot, but the thing about her is, and she's fallen back into her, her old ways with this. She's a champion for the cause. And if you can convince her that it's like, this is good for the group. This is good for us then she's going to do what you ask. And honestly, I do think that this is something you can tip your hat to Nicole F for. Like her or not, it's kind of insane that Christmas chose Ian. The feeds come back and we're like, what the hell happened? How did this play out? Yeah. I literally was on an emotional roller coaster in only a couple of minutes because I see that Christmas wins the safety suite. I'm like, oh, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. Then I'm like, and she saves Ian. I was Ian? Like, oh, okay. Perfect. Christmas. Thank you. Ian still doesn't have his costume, by the way. It's very annoying. I was so confused because then why did Feeds go down for like an hour? I don't know. I think the Feeds went down. Yeah. They're trying to find the dog costume from 14. Right? They're like digging through the. They really are. It's been 24 hours since that competition. Over 24 hours. Janelle had her star on the Janelle's pissed. Yeah. Nicole Abs pissed now. But then again, Janelle took her star costume off like the morning after to like barely put it on for the rest of the day. Nicole had to carry her weenie. 24 7. She could have yeah, put it watch, down for two seconds. Watch how mad Nicole gets when it's Ian that's not kidding? wearing it as much uh, versus right. Janelle. Exactly. But, She's not going to say a word. But Ian <laughs> will have it on the entire time. Um, have we heard the term punishment costume before or something like that? Because I heard Danny say that in regards to Ian, what he was going to be wearing. Instead of punishment, she called it his punishment. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if that's a phrase we've had. I don't think I've ever heard that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I heard it from Danny in regards to Ian. So I don't know if that's an Ian original or what, but uh, obviously Ian enjoys these costumes. Maybe she's getting ahead of the merch after the show. I don't don't like punishment. I don't don't like it either. It sounds gross to me for some reason. (laughs) Just like, ugh. I don't, I don't even like know that. what you're thinking about. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the sound. Not like, don't, don't go don't don't go down no, uh, dangerous path down here. <laughs> I just, I'm thinking of like the sound like of it. Some kind of food or something. I don't know. Like a a bad type of yogurt. <laughs> it just feels like it feels like you're mispronouncing a p as an f. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> either way, Ian's into it. Okay. Okay. Um, so Memphis now needs to choose some nominees. Uh, he has not told anyone really what he's planning on doing prior to the safety competition. He did tell Cody the most amount of information, which was that he's basically deciding between two different sets of nominations, either Nicole, Anthony and David as like an easy option, or he can take a bigger shot and put up something, somebody, somebody like, uh, Bailey or, and Davon. Um, so we're now looking at like, well, things probably haven't changed all that much um, because none of those people are safe from the safety competition. But he still refuses to really tell anybody where his head is at. He's only saying, yeah, I've got like four or five people that uh, I could put up here. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm still not sure. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because it's such a hard decision. I mean, he, uh, he's been talking about. Uh, he, him and Cody have been game planning for days at this point, you know, about what's the next step. 
Um, I don't think he had expected Memphis to, uh, I don't think Memphis himself expected to be the next HOH. I mean, who really does, but I don't think he was one. He never won this season. (laughs) He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't gunning for it. He hadn't won before. uh, So I don't think he expected the power to fall into his lap. So that's why when people were talking about, yeah, he's going to put up Ian and Bailey, that that was, I guess what he had said the night before. Uh, He probably hadn't put a full like amount of thought into it because he didn't expect it to actually happen. So obviously when it all started to play out and he went with a different set of nominations, uh, it was not what people had expected or what we heard. Yeah. My, my theory on this is that like, I feel like Memphis is throwing out a lot of names Um, like, Oh, I'm willing to put up all of these people, but I don't think he was ever really willing to put up all of those people. I don't believe that he was actually going to put up Bailey. I was going to ask, do we think he was actually going to do that? Because I don't. I exactly. I don't think he was going to. Because he had a good relationship with Bailey and he tried to bring her into this alliance and then it was vetoed. Um, and he has stopped talking to her as much. But Bailey notably is the only person he makes a, a separate deal with um, outside of his alliance prior to the nominations. Um, he talks about targeting Ian, but then when it comes to talking about even before Ian was safe, he was like, he wasn't talking about really doing anything with Ian. Um, and he also mentioned Janelle multiple times. Like, Oh, I could totally do Janelle. Yeah. I could absolutely backdoor Janelle. Um, but now, now that it's like people are really starting to push for it, he's completely shutting it down. Like it's not even close to an option, which makes me really feel like he was throwing it out there to be like, Oh, I'm totally willing to, but he never actually was willing to, I don't know. Yeah, it's so hard to read him because usually in HOH, when there are alliances in the room, they're being honest, like they're saying exactly what they're going to do. And more often than not, they're not just trying to fill them out or leave them out of the loop. And so I'm like, I don't even know what to believe, even um, if Danny's in the room or even if Christmas is in the room. I have no idea. Um, And I had to go just by actions. Mm -hmm. Now we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be right back hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. So let's get back to the show. So the nomination ceremony happens, and Memphis hasn't told anybody. <laughs> what he plans on doing a hundred percent. And so he decides to nominate David and Nicole Anthony and apparently pretty mean about it. Um, He said something along the lines of like, David, welcome to the grownups table. Like, uh, you know, this you're you wanted to experience the full big brother. Here it is. Um, And I think he was also like a little bit mean to Nicole Anthony, but I don't know exactly what he said to her. Well, he was mean to them right off the bat. They came up to talk to him. Well, I think it was Ian and Nicole. 
But I think he also scoffed David too. They came up to see where his head was at and he just didn't even, he gave him like less than a sentence. Mm. And that was that. Yeah. And also when he was choosing his replacement as a have not, um, he said something yeah. similar, like, like David, you got to earn your stripes. Um, you know, you're, you, uh, he called like uh, rookie is a, is a word that I think was thrown around, uh, like very to challenge. I will say this, David, the whole time they're going around and talking, you know, doing the powwow, talking about old seasons and stuff. David has been hamming up the fact that, oh, I don't know Big Brother. I'm, I, ooh, I don't like, dude, you're on an all star season. Like, I wasn't a champion for getting David out, but also, like, own your keep. Like, if you're there, be there for a reason. Don't let everybody look at you and say you don't belong, because that is how you get put up. That's how you get put on slop, and they say the things they say. <laughs> Welcome to the big kids table. You wanted mm-hmm. to play Big Brother, don't be shocked that now you're playing. Yeah, yeah, but Me- Memphis was obviously like way too harsh. Uh, yeah, for, I agree with no that too. When, yeah, when I mean when Feeds came back, uh, every single person, his allies, people that weren't working with him, everybody at the same time was all on different feeds saying, "Wow, that was harsh. Wow, that was unnecessary. That was you know, it's like the kind of thing where the first week that we were watching Feeds, it was so calm and it seemingly like you know everybody was calm and chill because nothing like that had happened yet. There was mm-hmm. no event where you know usually you have the bad players who cause a little bit of a wave. Uh, we finally had somebody kind of throw out a comment or say whatever he was saying that caused everybody in the house to be like, damn, what the hell's this guy's problem? Yeah. Like, what did David do to him? And not a single person ever came up with one thing that David did to Memphis besides <laughs> being in the house with him. Like, he hasn't done a single thing to uh, to cause Memphis any grief, but Memphis was a jerk to him twice within 24 hours, but, you know, putting him in as a have not. And then I think he also called him like a kid or he called him boy or something like that. Yeah, when, there's there's uh, no need for that. No, There's it was no like, you know, you're not friends. You're not at that level where it's like, come on, kid, get a, sorry, you're up. Like it was, it, it was taken exactly how Memphis seemed to have meant it. And uh, nobody was appreciative of it. Understandably. Yeah. I, so I do believe I, I, as far as I'm aware, the the kid portion of it was the like grown ups table, table, big thing. kids table kind of yeah. kind of thing. Um, but uh, I, to your point, Dallas, uh, I, I think David also recognized that he was like, I shouldn't have been playing this up so much. Um, the, the morning after the have not thing. Um, and he was like, oh, like I like I, I'm, I've put myself in the spot um, where I played it up too much. And now people are like, you know, seeing me like this, this total rookie that does belong here um and uh and he kind of feels like um he kind of he was kind of talking about like it feels like it's too late to to pull it back in i don't necessarily agree with that but um i don't know what do you think asia i I, yeah i definitely don't think it's too late because people can learn about other seasons while they're in the house he could there's so many ways to work around it he can say he knows something because you know he heard about it in another conversation. Like, I think there is a way to make it seem like he is coming into his own and starting to learn the game and pick up on conversations because he's never watched a a full season to know that, you know, not everybody respects that kind of game. Not everybody respects the fact that, oh, I'm weak or and think, oh, I'm just going to take them to the end because they don't know anything. It's like, no, you have people like Memphis who take it to the other extreme and think that you don't deserve to be there because you don't know anything because Memphis doesn't think you deserve to be an all star. And so, yeah, Memphis's comments and the way he's behaving is so just out of line. Um, and I think that, you know, David also wasn't prepared for someone to have that extreme. Yeah, it, it reminds me actually of uh, Big Brother Canada 7 when, uh, you know, there are a, a decent a decent chunk of fans in the house, at least the, the people in power were. And Damien was like somebody who would totally fit in with that crew. But mm-hmm. they kind of were like, oh, he doesn't know the show. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so yes, after the nominations, David was visibly upset, acting upset, um, at the very least. Uh, he, he had tears, um, and he was like, uh, like, man, that was just so harsh, like the way he said it, like it just felt, uh, it felt like, uh, wrong. Um, and people were like very sympathetic to David and they were very upset with Memphis. Um, and uh and like i said david had tears um but then occasionally he'd look at the cameras and be like uh hey aika like <laughs> am i making you proud <laughs> you know what that, that's the kind of thing where i feel like anytime that people do that fake crying thing it's always i feel like it's got to always be rooted in some kind of like like that feeling was a little bit there it usually like is yeah. it usually yeah, is like, like you're, you're, so. you're tapping into something and i know that he cried for aika in that interview last year uh, and he obviously got like a whole tear out and she was super impressed but the oh. level of you know emotion that he was pulling out uh yesterday like he was definitely feeling that as well even if he was just using that to kind of propel a narrative of him being more upset to get people on his side i really need to see the drs to know what he was thinking me yeah, too. He, I cannot wait to see those DRs because even though he was crying and yeah, we think he was putting on an act, he was actually angry. Like that feeling of anger was yeah, real. Yeah, of course. It, yeah. You know, uh, it, you reminded me of a conversation he had with Cody. Um, Cody was talking about acting because Cody uh, had a brief stint as an actor um, and uh, and studied it a little bit. Um, and they were talking about like method acting versus non-method acting. And David was talking about uh, um, Breaking Bad and how um, like in Breaking Bad, like, uh, you know, Walter White, like the, the, the actor that plays Walter White was like, um, you know, tapping into like how he felt about his daughter in this one scene. Like, is that method acting? And I'm like, uh, now I'm thinking like, oh, is that what, is that what David's doing when he's tap? Is he tapping into something to get those tears? Um, is that why he's so interested? Uh, <laughs> they had a lot of time to watch shows in sequester, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so David is, is playing this up for sympathy. We don't know exactly how upset he really was. I wouldn't be surprised if he was because who doesn't get upset when somebody is mean to you? Um, but, uh, um, so Memphis is now like, uh, like, what is this guy doing? Uh, his entire alliance is like, what is this guy doing? But it did have, I think, a slightly unintended effect of making the entire house feel like Memphis's target is David, when in reality, Nicole Anthony is the person that will go home if the nominations stay the same. And it has also further obscured the lines of where Memphis stands with the rest of the house, because now you have Janelle and Kaser upstairs laughing with Memphis and supporting him after the nomination ceremony and everyone else downstairs comforting David. And it really makes it look like Janelle and Kaser are up there in power with Memphis on his side. And it's really going to complicate things for the poor minds of uh, Nicole, Anthony and Kevin and, and them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, the, that's that's not a group. Uh, those three, as much as Janelle wants them to be, I'm sure, because she's trying to pull Memphis in. And she has thought ever since last week that Memphis is somebody that was up for the taking and potentially could be on her side. She Memphis runs back to his crew with pretty much everything that uh, the two of them tell him, they, you know, whether it's like something simple 
or not. I mean, well, last night she was going all in about the whole Nicole Franzel thing, you know, was, and that's already made its way all over, all around the house back to Danny, which uh, has made its way to Nicole Franzel today. So yes. uh, that wasn't really, you know, it, that, that three is not actually a thing as much as, uh, I mean, Memphis is keeping them off the block this week. And I don't think even if there was a replacement needed, that it would be one of them. I think you'd probably go with Kevin. I think that's what most people are assuming at this time. So he's keeping the two of them off the block and safe ish. But it still feels like he has absolutely no intentions of genuinely working with them. Yes. And the, the Nicole Franzel thing is that when after the nomination ceremony, um, Kaser and Janelle went upstairs to talk to Memphis. And this is when they told him about their theory about Cody, Tyler, Franzel, Danny are working together. And of course, those are four of the six of Memphis's alliance members. So he's just sitting there like, oh, you caught on to my alliance, but not me. Um, and this is very bad news for Kaser and Janelle. And so they're pitching to him like, you got to get rid of these people. We should backdoor Nicole Franzel. She's the head of the snake. She's got Ian. She's, uh, you know, so they have Ian. Their, Enzo is in with them. Like, this is a big group of people and they're very powerful and if we don't do something about it or things are going to go bad um and so memphis is going to take that information and tell cody they're on to us <laughs> but listen to this they think nicole f is the brains <laughs> of the operation and cody's like Dude, I don't care if they think Nicole F is the brains of the operation. They just said four of our names. They're going to put us up. We need to backdoor Janelle or Kaser. Um, and Memphis is like, ah, I mean, I don't know if we need to do that. I mean, nobody would really need to do that. I mean, why would we need to do that? Uh, so we just, yeah, this is what and, we need to do. Just, you know, convince them you're not together. And look at every single one of his allies all day today. Not a single one of them are feeling good about him. Even Cody is uh, venting some frustrations here and there. So obviously, you know, his not willing to be like transparent with his alliance from the second that his HOA train started by not telling Danny, especially it was one that took this hard. I mean, Christmas couldn't care less. Uh, Nicole seems to just be happy. She's safe, but like not telling them what you're thinking. And then also not, you know, like there's no, he, he's not giving an obvious reason as to why he's not putting Janelle and Kaser up, but he's still telling them the information that Janelle and Kaser, Janelle and Kaser are onto you guys. So He's not really putting the pieces together that you're worrying people and then not giving them a reason as to why you, the one with the power, the one person in the house that can do something about this is not doing anything about this. So I don't know where he's going to end up next week with all of these people that are like, you know, still working with him, but they're just they're not getting anything from him this week. It's it's such a strange HOH. Yeah. And based on the potential nominees in case the veto's used, this could be Faute 2.0. The alliance, it's going to fall apart. I mean, right. this isn't even, this is like, this is Fow and Tay working <laughs> against each other and also within those two groups not trusting each other. Yeah, it's insane. Like, Unreal. well, for one, I don't know when the last time an HOH made the noms in their alliance. There's their solid alliance that's named, had no idea who was going on the block, but there's, Memphis does not realize he's adding fuel to that fire of his alliance thinking that he has a, tr a, a trio going with Janelle and Kaser. He is just completely ob oblivious to that because he's on his high horse right now. He's king of the world. He wants everyone to know it because he wants to be all hypocritical in every conversation he has, even with his alliance. And so it's only putting him in a worse position coming out of this HOH. I'd say Cody came out of his HOH 
it and pretty good. Um, I guess he people had good opinions about him when he came out of his HOH. And I feel like who's going to be on uh, Memphis's side after this HOH? He's got to be banking on winning the safety suite next week because I, I, I can't see any other reason that he would be talking and acting like he is this entire week. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think he feels like he's good with his people. I mean, that's I, if his if his allies, if his six, if anybody in that group wins HOH next week, I don't think they take a shot at him, even though they're frustrated with him. I don't think those five people do. But if whoever stays from the block this week, uh, David or Nicole, whoever it is, if if anybody else in the house, Bailey, Davon, win an HOH next week, as some of them are considering that they want to do, uh, that five is not going to be upset if they see Memphis go on the block and out. Like they can easily replace him. Uh, Cody, I don't know because the two of them obviously have that bond that they were talking so much last week. Um, but everybody else, Danny and Tyler especially, are not going to have any issue cutting Memphis and finding somebody else to be the new six. Right. Well, Aria Crispin um, last night was uh, writing down <laughs> exactly. his list of vengeance, and uh, Tyler is definitely coming for Memphis's head uh, at some when the time is right, he says. So um, Tyler, at the very least, is, is holding a vendetta here. And he tweeted out as well, because uh, they're allowed to tweet in the diary room sometimes, uh, that Memphis was the last person he wanted to be in alliance with in the first place. He's happy he's in lines with him now because he's in power but mm-hmm. uh but i don't think that tyler liked memphis from jump and now he really doesn't like memphis because he really does like david and he really doesn't like how memphis treated david right i he tyler said you know keep your friends close but keep your enemies closer um he was livid about how memphis handled the situation with david and how he nominated him and i, I really liked tyler last night on the feeds just how he was taking up for David. And I, I feel like we didn't really see this side of Tyler of just having to fake the funk because he liked level six and he liked the people that were in the Alliance. And so we, you're like, okay, well, he's, he's going to be good to who he's loyal to. But I, I, I like this in Tyler and I think it's showing a different side of his game. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing like how he handles that if he ever does take the shot. Mm-hmm. So um, on top of all of this, the, the Nicole and Janelle and Kaser. Janelle and Kaser have been trying to protect Nicole. They would like to keep her if the nominations remain the same. They're, as we talked about, trying to get an, a different backdoor house. So while Cody and company are working to get Janelle or Kaser backdoored, Janelle and Kaser are trying to get Nicole Franzel backdoored. Um, and it's all in hopes of potentially saving uh, Nicole Anthony. Um, and in the meantime, Kevin is getting into Cole Anthony's head about how evil Janelle and Kaser are. He's a predator. Uh, Janelle is a predator. And I am not a snack. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> because they're up there laughing with Memphis. They're clearly no, working yeah. with him. Yeah. Um, she's, she just went up there with a glass of wine, a, a bottle of wine, and uh, they're up there for two hours laughing and gallivanting. Um, so clearly they set you up, Nicole. Um, and it's getting to her. She's like, oh my yeah. God, it's happening again. She's buying into it. And uh, she's the one that it really feels like Janelle and Kaser put the most stock into as well in their games. So it's like, they did. oh, yes. God. Just misfire after misfire. It's the most frustrating relationship to watch. Uh, it is. The two of them, or at least Nicole is becoming the most frustrating person to watch. <laughs> uh, just because she doesn't have many people in the house. And the one person that is like, like that she's, she's in love with, it, uh, she loves when Janelle hangs out with her and spends time with her. And then the second that Janelle leaves the room, whether it's Nicole saying something herself or Kevin filling her head with something, it's just, 
uh, so much anti Janelle energy that's coming out of these two. And it's like, where else do you want to go? Like, you want to go running into the six person alliance that's going to close the door on you, or you want to go try working with other she, people in the house? What's uh, Janelle's just evil. It's just they can't even look at her for two seconds without uh, feeling disgusted. Yeah, I it's think, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it's beyond frustrating because like someone needs to give Kevin some glasses because he has such <laughs> a bad read of the situation. And it just I like want to pull my hair out thinking about the fact that Janelle is being genuine. She does want Nicole F out. She does want to save Nicole Anthony. Like she really does. She and the does. fact that she's being honest and Kevin's like, no, <laughs> like Dallas said, Janelle is a predator. And Nicole Anthony is eating that up. Girl, yes. do you not think about all the conversations you've had with Janelle? Like no Janelle's sense. whispering to you. She got burned very hard in her season. And I think she just is still healing. And she's really terrified that it's happening again. And then hearing those laugh and having that validation even if it's like false from kevin also feeling that way i mean i understand it just it's hard to watch it's really hard to watch yeah so let me let me give you an example something that happened today so bailey actually gave caser and janelle the heads up kevin's running around telling saying you guys are working with memphis and that you're dangerous um and so now caser and janelle know i mean they already didn't like kevin but now they know that they have to watch out for kevin and so janelle went to nicole anthony and was like hey kevin ever talk about me Nicole's like, no, what do you know? Not uh, that I can remember. You were talking about me in like a bad way. Like, no, uh, you sure? Like, no, no, I haven't heard it. Um, and so Nicole repeats this conversation. She goes and tells Kevin about it. And she's like, Janelle, Janelle came up. She's like, is Kevin talking about me? Is Kevin talking about me? Like, this is, this is the voice that she's putting on to voice Janelle. Uh, like, are you sure? Um, and I was like, no, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and she's like, oh, okay, okay. Uh, and so she's talking about how she heard that Janelle and, or Janelle and Kaser are saying that they're trying to get Nicole Franzel on the block, but don't tell anybody. And Kevin is trying to like fit this in his mind of like, how does that make sense? If they're working with, if they're working with Memphis and they put Nicole on the block. Maybe they're testing you to see if the information will get out. It's a fake Initiation. plan. They're planting a plan. Uh, uh, is this is this the last minute lie? But like uh, less last minute. Like what's going on here? I, I remember when I thought Kevin Campbell was coming back to Big Brother All Stars. I don't know who this guy is. It's not Kevin <laughs> Campbell from Big Brother Eleven. It's, it's certainly not. Um, I would love to see him show up and play the game at some point. But uh, this guy that is playing with Nicole right now, the two of them just together, actively fresh. Because these are two fan favorites. I mean, uh, I was really excited to see both of them back and get another shot. But the two of them, the way they feed off of each other with this, oh, uh, it's just, it, it's, it's, so it's, it's genuinely frustrating to whether you're watching it or reading the update. It's like, come on, you two. Yes. Just when they have conversations, I'm like, someone with some sense, please walk into that room right now. Because it, I, I swear, I just have to change the feed when they're having conversations because it's so frustrating that they're not thinking logically one bit. Like, let me take a step back. Does this make sense? Like, is Janelle after me when she's actually brought me information and we're aligned with wanting Nicole F out? Like, is she, and she spent so much time with me. No, that that doesn't make sense. It, it just it's so frustrating. It makes a little more sense from Kevin from Nicole A. I can't. I just it's it's just yeah. hard. I don't. I, I can't watch it. It's it's really the Janelle factor because obviously look at everybody else that's in the mm -hmm. other side on the other side of the house. They're all pretty well connected and they all 
you know, even if not all of them are 100% trusting of each other, like they know that they're good and uh, they have people to vent about to each other, but that other side of the house is not connected. Right. And the fact that Janelle is a big player on that other side, not a single person trusts her enough besides Bailey enough to be like, I can actually believe a single thing she's telling me. So they're, they're having an impossible time connecting from anybody not in the six to create anything. Cause like that's, that's the, the most frustrating part about it. It's not just the fact that Kevin is bad reads on Janelle. It's like, you don't have anything good with anyone else. So <laughs> just because you're, you know, like you're friends with Davon and Bailey and maybe uh, David here and there, or whatever, but you don't have anything solidified with anybody else. And you're just shutting the door yep. to Janelle without even having concrete, like, tr- like whatever that, you know, that she's actually doing something. It's just all your gut feelings and this and that. It's just going to bite you in the butt. Mm. So really the final story of the week so far is that uh, Cody's uh, structure, alliance structure, power structure is wavering um, that uh, he they do not have complete control over what's going on because Memphis is such a wild card and they're kind of freaking out a little bit because Janelle and Kaser have clocked four of them and uh, and that puts them at risk and so um, they're kind of running around uh, Cody is a little bit worried because he sees Bailey and Dave on talking with Janelle a lot and he should be a little bit worried because Bailey is talking with Janelle a lot and telling her a lot of things um, Dave on did talk to Bailey last night about how she's like, do you think Cody's trying to play the Derek game? Like there's something shady going on with Cody. Um, So that's, that's bad for him. And then on the other side of things, you have Danny going to Janelle as well. And Danny has now proposed that they work together, her and Janelle pull in Nicole Franzel, pull in Kaser, um, maybe pull in somebody like Cody and I'm cool with Tyler. And she thinks that this is like, okay, great move. We're going to cover ourselves with Nicole, uh, with, uh, with Janelle and Kaser. They're not going to come after us next week. But from Janelle's point of view, she's like, what an idiot. She just confirmed her whole alliance to me and she's running around telling everybody about it. So that could be interesting. And there's a lot of different directions that this uh, week could go, especially because that whole group is trying to push Memphis so hard to get rid of Janelle and Kaser and Memphis doesn't really want to do it. And so there are a lot of there's a lot of Tinder lying around that could easily go aflame uh, at any point this week. Yeah, uh, Danny and Memphis had that one conversation last night where Danny was really pushing for Janelle or Kaser and Memphis was like, we're talking about week three. She's like, well, no, we could be talking about right now. We could win the veto and put one of them up. And Memphis is like, no, he's just laughing off every single thing she says. And it's just like, Memphis, how do you think this is building rapport? How do you not see that you sound so condescending or in that Dan- Danny's just going to be like, oh, okay, you're right. We should think about future weeks. Not now. Yeah. So right now they are uh, they haven't they haven't started the veto yet, but it will probably start soon. Um, But uh, Ian Tyler and Nicole Franzel will be joining um, Nicole Anthony, David and Memphis in the veto competition. Tyler really would love to win this and take David down. I think that if he has the option, he'll throw it to David so that he doesn't have to do it. But he definitely wants David off the block. He doesn't want to have to stick his neck out any more for him than he already has. And he will is the thing. Like It's not like he won't do it. He doesn't want to have to do it because David is off the block would be his preference, I think. Um, and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to risk David potentially leaving. He, he really wants David there. Um, 
And he really wants to stick it to Memphis. And he really wants to backdoor either Janelle or Kaser because they can't keep his name out of their mouth. Um, So uh, I imagine that that is going in that direction. Um, And of course, you have Nicole Anthony, who will use it on herself. Uh, Franzel, I believe, will choose not to use it if Memphis doesn't want her to. But she will push hard to try and get him to. If Ian won, I'm willing to bet that Franzel and all of Cody's company uh, pushes hard to try to get him to use it against memphis's wishes um and then they can be like ian just did that i don't even ian does what he wants um i guess now we have to backdoor janelle or caser uh, yeah. <laughs> but i don't really think ian would do it i think i honestly don't know if uh he would be that against it because he's isn't uh ian in a named alliance with those two or maybe they didn't officially name it but the three of them were pretty together last week you mean nicole anthony yeah, actually, no, that was with Kevin, not with David. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, still, there is a connection with Ian to Nicole that, you know, could potentially do something. But then again, Kevin going on the block wouldn't really change much. So I think yeah. if, if he wants David out, he might as well just keep it the same and not mess, mess things up, especially on a week that things were so easy for him. But I really do think that uh, Tyler specifically is somebody who I don't think it would be a bad thing for him to win here. I know he's trying to maintain a low profile and like, if he can avoid winning, if he can let David win on his own, that'd be great. But if the only option is him winning versus uh, a Memphis or Nicole or somebody else, I think he should win it. I think that there are a lot of people in the house that are feeling sympathy towards David right now because of how Memphis treated him. And a lot of people are against Memphis at the moment as well because of how he's been acting. So I don't think people would feel any uh, type of way towards Tyler for deciding to take David off the block and letting him have another chance of playing the game, regardless of who Tyler is like, you know, wanting to get back up there. I think he could just make it all about David. I, I think the pro- the problem I see with that personally is that like a it links him to David a lot um, using the veto on someone else, especially when the HOH doesn't didn't want you to do it. Um, like they might not even remember the details of Tyler and David's relationship, but like weeks from now, they will remember Tyler saved David from the block like they must be close. I also think they'll remember because Coming out of the nominations, you got to remember how everybody felt, too. I don't think the House is really going to look at it in that weird of a way if someone uses it on David. But I but I but here the thing, like, I don't know if it's worth it for him to win, save David, make that connection in people's minds um, and piss off Memphis only for Kevin to go up and Nicole Anthony to still. Yeah, no, that's fair. And yeah. it, wouldn't, I think it, should, it wouldn't be the first time his, Tyler throws a veto either. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it should be his number one plan by any means. But like if it happens to be down to him in Memphis, maybe, uh, you know, and he really wants to consider having somebody else go up on the block besides those two. Um, I think at that point, maybe he goes for it. But yeah, I, I do agree that it's not like his best move to uh, do so. But, it would be those. pretty, pretty on brand for this alliance if Tyler did win it and take David off since Ian was one of the people Memphis said beforehand that he could see himself backdooring and then you have Christmas who was just so excited to save Ian and then she was flabbergasted when she found when Memphis like wasn't didn't feel the same it was just like you know what what went into that decision about uh, saving Ian <laughs> hmm. All right, let's talk about the alliances in the house. Um, we uh, nothing too dramatically different from last week or even from Tuesday. Um, I've just named like all of Cody's people, just like Cody's crew, Cody's company, whatever you want to call it. Uh, either way, you've got the alliteration. Um, it's so it's uh, you've got the root, which is Cody and Enzo. You've got the core four, which is Cody, Enzo, Danny, and Franzel. You've got connect four 
which is Cody, Enzo, Bailey, and Devon. And then you have the usual suspects, which is Cody, Memphis, Franzel, Tyler, Danny, and Christmas. Um, and so it's really that collection of it's those six, um, Bailey, Devon, and Enzo making a total of nine people who are within this like overall structure of power with Memphis being the furthest on the outs. Um, and Devon and Bailey probably being in the next section, maybe a uh, Christmas, sorry, Christmas would be after at Memphis, then Bailey and Devon, um, then like uh, Tyler. And then I do think that core for Cody Enzo, Danny Franzel is the, the, the most core. And say the really named. Other than you also have the commission, right? The, com- uh, yeah, the commission, um, <laughs> Which is Cody in Memphis, of course. Uh, that is, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's like that's that card in Cody's pocket that he hasn't. Uh, he's like, oh, I still have that there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so that's that's the real power structure of the house right now. But like I said, there's some amount of like worry, paranoia going on. Just today, Cody was talking to Enzo about like, I- I'm seeing Danny talking to Janelle. I'm seeing Day and Bay talking to Janelle. They're having these private conversations with I keep walking in on them and then they're not talking about it afterward. They're not telling us, they're not debriefing us like what was going on. And Enzo, who is like the ultimate hype man, like uh, I'll keep the alliance together, bro. Um, is like, hey, 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 don't worry about it. We got this covered. You got you, you can't worry. Uh, we're we're going to ride this thing to the end. Don't, don't worry. We're, we're going to use them. They're going to get them out later. Don't worry. I mean, sure. <laughs> Enzo. I love Enzo. I'm having so much fun watching him. Um, and uh, this is sorry, unrelated, but uh, we, I don't know if we were going to talk about this. Do we, we still feel like uh, Nicole would be the, the person likely to go home if nomination stay the same, right? Yes. Um, it because seems very unlikely that David would go home at this point. I just, I, I, right before we got on, I heard Enzo talking to Nicole about like, don't worry, we would be in your corner, implying him and Cody would vote her <laughs> this way. Is, this is the same Enzo that Keisha was pissed at because he never <laughs> gave her the heads up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was, I, it was really brief and I didn't get to like actually pay attention, but I was like, is something going on there that, uh, that well, New York, New Jersey connection is uh, keeping them tight. So also the plan is that if they are able to, follow through the back door that they're going to pull Nicole Anthony in. So it does behoove them to uh, act like they were on her side even before the veto was used um, so that uh, when the veto is used, if the veto is used, they can be like, yes, we did it. We saved you like we wanted always. Um, right. And you definitely weren't going to be voted out by us if you stayed on the block. Don't worry about that. Uh, so that's that power structure. Then you have the the old school alliance, uh, Janelle, Kaser, and Technically, Memphis, maybe, and at least in Caser and Janelle's eyes, right? Um, and then, it, it really, reason. if you if you want to go full Caser and Janelle's eyes, include uh, Nicole Anthony, include Bailey, include Devon, and all of a sudden, you've got a real alliance here, Dallas. If, if they can string it together and actually do something, then sure. But they can't get out of their own way. Yeah, um, they're not they're not doing great. Not doing great. Uh, you still have got Million Club. Franz and Ian, they're still working uh, working together pretty well. Um, you've got uh, De- uh, Devon and Bailey um, still working very well together. There was a little brief moment of uh, worry where Danny told Devon about pre-gaming. the fact that, yes, Bailey was pre-gaming with Janelle. And that worried Devon, I think, genuinely. Like, oh, my God, I've said so much about Janelle to, uh, to Bailey. 
And then they later had a conversation where she was like, you were right. Like they are working together. Um, but then she had a conversation with Bailey and it seemed like they cleared it up a little bit. So I, I don't think there's anything too, um, you know, sketchy here but um but that was like a moment of panic um they are also kind of working with david they don't really tell him anything but i think they're looking out for him as much as possible and i think he's looking out for them as much as possible um and then you have uh you know tyler and christmas final two you have david and chris uh sorry not david and christmas tyler and david um final two could you imagine a david and christmas final two um <laughs> really good <couldn't. laughs> i really could not <laughs> Uh, and that's mostly the the you know where the alliances stand in the house right now um you know you like cody really is at the center of his whole structure but tyler does have a couple of sleeper agents in there he's got christmas they're protecting david um and then through david he is connected to davon and bailey he also has his own connections to davon and bailey um not as strong as cody but they are starting to look at cody so there's there is a lot of play in this whole uh thing and uh, i think a lot of a lot of different ways this can go asia yeah for sure and i think that you know even though we're seeing these and like the biggest alliance being at six i think there's still room and there's still some some trust being thrown around where there could be a a bigger alliance not bigger than six but like a more solid alliance if let's say janelle and caser were to pick up you know bailey and davon and then danny maybe trust them and um i think there's still room for some movement to happen because there's so much overlap so that's why i'm still really trying to see like where the cracks are who truly trust the other person because like with the Davon and Bailey situation I was so glad Davon approached Bailey about that rather than just saying okay I'm going to take note of that and I'm going to take it back and I'm going to start telling her less and less I was like yes Bailey communication Davon yes thank you yes Yes. Um, all right. So let's talk about the legacy watch. Let's get into this. Uh, how have these players been faring? Um, so if you're watching along on the video, then you can see up here. This is the current state of the legacy watch. And I actually did not change the uh, the title of the top one because I did in the survey, but that's fine. Um, so this is the legacy watch. This is where it stands as of the preseason. Um, and we're going to go through each player, talk about where they stand now, according to the audience, after seeing the, you know, the first week or so uh, of the feeds in the show. Um, and uh, and I also just want to talk in general about like, how are they doing this season in comparison to their previous season uh, to this point? Like, are they playing better? Are they playing worse um so let's get into it we'll start at the this bottom so uh, sorry uh, what is Devon doing where she is right well dude did you watch the last one i think so <laughs> I, what is she doing there and why is david so high up <laughs> well let's see if anything's changed let's see if anything's okay. changed I'm um just so taken aback. <laughs> last week at the very bottom in the bottom tier was christmas this week Christmas is no longer in the bottom tier. She has gone up into the low tier. So there uh, is Christmas. Christmas now in the low tier, actually even above David. Um, So she has moved up uh, a decent, uh, a decent amount, like nothing major, major, but uh, definitely enough to jump into a higher tier. People are not as down on Christmas as they used to be, although she still is in the low tier. Uh, she is not in the bottom tier. I have to say, I expected this. 
We remembered Christmas at her worst, at giving away the win in the final three, uh, Paul's minion, um, you know, all of that. We're now seeing Christmas at her peak uh, early in the game. She is physically fit. She is winning competitions. She's saving Ian's. Um, she's doing all the things that, you know, anybody could ask of her, uh, considering what she has to give. Uh, how do you feel about this, Dallas? Um, I mean, naturally, yeah, I, I wouldn't put her in bottom tier, especially after winning such an early competition in the, you know, in the season. I, I, I'm not particularly low on Christmas. Like I said, would I have casted her immediately for an all-star? No, but I, I think she has nowhere to go but up. So I think naturally, yeah, that makes sense. And I think that'll continue to happen. Do we think that she's playing better or worse than her previous season? Uh, she, you know, obviously she's played an entire season last season. Um, but, uh, I, I think Andy personally, Cat, though. yeah, personally, I feel like she's playing around the same. Um, like, uh, I don't think I've seen a major change from her age. I, I definitely agree. Like low, middle, middle of the low tier is spot on for Christmas because she still has that team mentality. And you're seeing that in these conversations where she's thinking the six, that's her team and that's who she's playing in the interest uh, for. And so that's why Memphis's behavior is so bizarre to her because she's like, you know, we should all be making this decision. We're the ones it's basically like we're HOH this week because he's in power. And she has that, she had that same team mentality um, in her season. And so I think that, you know, you know, if we were seeing her navigate a little bit better, maybe building on these social relationships that she's been able to build and, and turning into like gameplay, then maybe she could work her way up. But yeah, she's playing the same. Yeah, she's she's playing uh, pretty similar. I would agree. She's obviously just playing with better players. So that's kind of making her, I think, uh, by association, seem a little bit better. Um, I have a weird comparison to make, which uh, sorry if there's not Survivor fans in the chat or whatever, but uh, kind of getting like Danny, uh, uh, Danny DiLorenzo vibes from her where it's like kind of along the lines of like, why is this person here? She's linked up with some of the power female players on her side, but kind of like not really, you know, somebody who's going to probably make a legacy in this game. And I feel like she's going to stay exactly where she is throughout the season. So maybe bounce up a tier or so. You're saying at some point Memphis is going to raise a fit and say, no, she has to go. She Christmas has to go. Who's the Memphis in this? The uh, Russell. Okay. Um, fit. Was, uh, Danny had to go. Um, when I think right. of Danny, I think of the popcorn scene at the reward and, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> sorry. All right. Um, so uh, after Christmas, we had David and this week, David has dropped from the low tier into the bottom tier um, that uh, people not pleased, not pleased with what they're seeing from him. Now, I will say, I think that um, I think that being in an all star season is not helping his legacy. Um, I think that David in a new player season acting the way he is. He would not be in bottom tier, especially after the crying and the not. And then it's, oh, it's fake crying. Like, even if he was playing dumb until that point, he was boring until that point. I think that alone in a new player season gets him at least low tier. But when he's in a cast of all stars and we're really like hoping for like people with some real fire under them, um, it's, you know, I, I can see why uh, now that we're seeing David, they've put him into this bottom tier, Asia. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I was like, he better go down because that's where I see him as well. Um, he is not doing himself any favors by not being proactive. He's very reactive in terms of talking game. 
Like I have not seen David actively go up to someone and try to initiate a conversation to align with them or to see what they can do. And that's because of this, this, I guess, this disguise that he is just completely oblivious to this game. He doesn't know how Vita works. You know, he got out the first time, so he doesn't know anything. So therefore he, he's not even able to turn his game on and do what we think he would should do, which is form these relationships and not just walk around and be social. And so like, he's not doing that. He's not, because he can't act like he knows a game, he's doing nothing, which means he's playing no game. So bottom tier for sure. But um, I just, I hope something changes if he does end up staying, but I just can't see him having the wherewithal to know like what he needs to change. Yes. And uh, in comparison to last time, I think David is playing the game. Yes. Um, that he is. <laughs> Very true. So, uh, so above David last week was Bailey in the low tier. Um, this week, Bailey has had a big jump up into the middle tier, um, up near the top of the middle tier. In fact, a big jump for Bailey. Uh, this makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I think that she was low to begin with personally, although again, this is legacy. It's whatever you want to make it. Um, but I think she, at the very least, she left her mark on BB20. Um, and, uh, I think she's really making a mark here in Big Brother 22. Uh, I like what I'm seeing from Bailey. Uh, Matt, how do you feel about this? I think that, uh, we're trending in the right direction here. I think Bailey is remembered as somebody who stood out for sure in BB20. Going on to be on the challenge, she's definitely kept her name out there. People know who she is, even if not like, you know, big, even if not every Big Brother fan followed her over to watch her on the challenge. She's back here and she's not just, you know, the character that we knew her at in uh, season 20, where, you know, we remember the big fight that she got in. We remember her with Swaggy. So she was part of a showman and all that kind of stuff. Here, we're really seeing her kind of turn into a social, social player where she is just in the middle of the house, has connections on both sides. I've been beyond impressed with Bailey uh, since the start of the game. And uh, I got a little bit nervous this week when we thought that uh, she might be going up, but that's not the case. And she still continues to have connections with just about everybody in the house. She's doing really well. And I think if she continues to be um, as, as good of a player throughout the season as she is so far, I could easily see her kind of slipping into the uh, like towards the end of the upper tier. I mean, you know, if she goes on and wins, definitely in the upper tier. But I think this is definitely a good start. Yeah, I feel like Bailey was I, I, and I was saying this prior to the season starting. I feel like people forgot how good Bailey was until she was bad. Um, but uh, but even that said, I think her game is still a step forward. I think that she has improved on what was already pretty good. And I really like what I'm seeing here in uh, in the season so far, Dallas. Yeah, um, I was excited to see Bailey come back. She definitely seems confidence wise through the roof, like a completely different player. And I think that just understanding Big Brother and how other people play the game has helped her navigate this one a lot better you know she's putting on a fake smile when she needs to she's having conversations she needs to and she's really insulated she's cushioned she's pretty much like we said that you know she has good relationships with almost everyone in the house so i'm i'm pretty sold on bailey i think she's doing well and i don't think she's a a pre-jury i think she's gonna go pretty far I, I love BB22 Bailey. I think Me too. that, yeah, it's, um, her, it's yeah. amazing. It's, it's just that, you know, how everyone's writing off Kaser and Janelle. I think that 
their one key to where it's not all falling apart is Bailey. The fact that yeah. she's not giving up on that relationship with Janelle. She's continuing to be close to her. It doesn't matter what other people are saying or what Davon is telling her about, you know, hearing that, okay, Kissing and Janelle might be with Memphis. Like, Bailey has continued to plant roots in that relationship, and it's going to pay dividends. I even think that, you know, I think Bailey has top tier potential because even last night she was saying like, you know, I miss home, but look, I'm, I'm ready to just play. I'm ready to win some HOHs and make decisions. We were so close to selling day. We were so close to winning that one. Like we could actually win and start making decisions rather than last week. They were saying, yo, we should stay where we are and not win any competitions. So I think if we start seeing Bailey make moves, that's really going to set her apart and we're going to start to see her creep up more and more. Yeah. Yeah, And Sorry, uh, just uh, as Asia's talking, the, her background has uh, two people in specific, uh, Angela and Swaggy, who are both not on this season. And I feel like that has a lot to do with why Bailey and Tyler are being so well received by a lot of fans. I think the two of them being able to play their own games, not being tied down to you know a significant other in the house where, you know, when you're in a show, man, so whether the casuals like you or not, like you do tend to be a little more B word boring. Uh, so when you're actually being able to like run free around the house, play the game, be social and uh, do some good things like both of them are this season, I think it uh, really works in their favor. Yeah, I, I literally just uh, opened Twitter and I, I don't know if Rachel Swindler is watching this podcast, but she literally just tweeted out Bailey was just as social on BB20. I had some of my deepest conversations with her. Maybe it wasn't shown as much, but she's really good at the social aspect of the game, uh, which like spot on. Yeah. Hi, Rachel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> um, uh, Rachel's great. Um, so. Uh, so that's that's Bailey above Bailey last week was Enzo, who was at the bottom of the middle tier. This week, Enzo has gone up and just barely lands into the upper tier. So Enzo has moved up a tier. Um, I have to say that I mostly agree with this. I, I think so. I think that I think middle tier was maybe a little bit low for Enzo to begin with. Um, and I think that Enzo in the upper tier makes a lot of sense. I think that he's really good at just bonding alliances together. Um, I think I, I keep saying the same thing about Enzo, which is that like he's great at at just being a solid ally, alliance member, keeping things together, keeping things secret, keeping things running smoothly. The question will be, does he have enough respect in the end to win the game, to get to the end, to get to the end and to win the ver- jury vote? Dallas, how do you feel about it? Listen. I I like Enzo a lot. Liked him before, like him now. Enzo's just fun. You can tell that people get along with him well. I feel like every time I watch a conversation with him on the feeds and stuff, it's a lot of no one knows. No one knows. Like yeah. I'm I would have kept him middle tier. Like maybe for the core, like his groups, sure, he's great to have. But as an individual player, do I see Enzo you know, maybe going far? I don't see him winning. I don't know how he could get there. I mean, what he did about, win a veto, but what, what about the legacy aspect of it, though? Like the the sort of like you know, it's your he's own criteria. The, I, he's the same game. It's, it's Enzo. He's but, he's playing I mean, as Enzo. He's talking about being a crayon salesman. He's uh, like he's entertaining the the live feeders. Like I think that goes a long way. It truly does. But in terms of legacy. You know, I think that he I think he still deserves middle tier until we see that he's able to capitalize on the alliances that he does have, because we know Enzo is loyal. 
he continues. To, he is, he's still known to be that loyal guy. Like we're seeing that with Cody, but I, I just want to see a little bit more to see how he can expand outside the four, because even in the brigade, he was the one person who didn't have another person. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I want to see him be able to not just stick to the Alliance, but be able to form like little allegiances here and there to benefit him and not just be the likable guy who's uh, loyal to his one Alliance. Is anyone going to fall on the sword for Enzo? No, no, not yet. Was anyone in his season? I think we know the answer to that, too. So, no. I, so far, it's it's been the same for me with Enzo. He did win a comp, though. He did win a comp. I think that's an improvement. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely is. Yeah. I mean, Enzo, I, I think I agree with both of you guys that I think he probably, I think he's in middle tier. But the problem is that, like, I think he would be right at the top of the middle tier. Uh, looking at this chart, which is kind of exactly where he is, just kind of very, you know, worked he, his he way barely, around. Barely landed in that upper tier, very bottom of it. So, yeah, he, you know, just kind of worked his way around to that next line at the very end. So it's kind of around the exact spot that I guess. But just like looking at everybody else, he's on the line with him. Like, yeah, I don't know if that line is going to stay like that. But I think he probably doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't make sense to, for him to be there. But um, as far as his game goes as well, I, I agree with I think some of what Dallas was saying. I don't know that at this moment anybody's like falling on their sword for him. Uh, if this was like some kind of safety chain going around the Big Brother house, I think he always is going to land on there. I think he's always going to get saved by somebody else because he's in good with so many people but uh there's gonna be a lot more work this season to uh get all the way i think than he did last time all right next up was last week nicole anthony who was just shy of the upper tier last week um and currently resides in the middle tier Nicole Anthony this week has fallen to the low tier um <clears throat> just above Christmas on the low tier. Uh, not surprising considering what she's been up to so far. Um, and honestly, if I had said like, where is Nicole on this? Uh, you know, if, if this, if she wasn't a legacy watch, but it was just like a general sort of like reputation watch in season 20, uh, or season 21, she probably would have been pretty low at the start of that season too. It wasn't until later that she grew into this underdog status. Um, and really people started to love her. Um, and so she is kind of back down here, but I think this is worse than she was before. I thought she was actually playing too well uh she was playing pretty well before in season 21 um and this season she is not not doing great here matt yeah i think i'm fine with where she is now i I mean i could i could kind of see it argued either way for middle tier low tier she's obviously been a little it's been a little disappointing to see how things have played out for her with her um she hasn't really brought it in the gameplay level uh that that is needed on a season like this she doesn't have the connections that are needed, which isn't fully her fault. I mean, I'm sure she could have pre-gamed harder than she did. Uh, but at the end of the day, she's just not really up there with a lot of these other names in the house. Um, so having her on the same tier as Christmas feels a little, uh, considering how much of a fan favorite she was and all that stuff of last season. But I'm starting to, as you know, the season's going on and we're seeing how her game is unfolding. It's like maybe there really isn't a whole lot to be super impressed by. And if she ends up going out this week, I think she probably stays here. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's know. and I think it's it's it, it has to be pointed out that like th- we are talking about this in the middle of Nicole Anthony, like just trashing Janelle uh, on the feeds. And that is going to tarnish your legacy, Dallas. Yeah, I mean, you can go ahead and just scroll through Twitter 
even if you're not watching the feeds and see how much Janelle's in everyone's heads rent free, she should not be in one of the only people <laughs> that she's trying to work with head just as much. That's not something that should be happening. And if it is, obviously there's mistakes being made. Um, yeah, I like Nicole, Nicole, a. but um, <laughs> low tier. Is she, yeah, I think last time she played, she had a cliff with her to bounce ideas off of in the positive light. And I think right now she's got a Kevin and unfortunately it's fallen the other way. She's bouncing ideas and it's negative. And so instead of having that hope to keep going, it's like you guys are keeping each other down. And so, yeah, low tier, unfortunately for now, I think that's pretty apt. I think the only thing that can help her at this point is to actually trust Janelle and Kaser for, for just a moment, just to, just, this week, it's like, what else do you have? You don't, Kevin, who's on the block last week, who someone can easily throw up again. Like you're, you might have a situation where David wins veto, and then Memphis throws up Kevin, and now what are you mm-hmm. aligned to the only other person that's on the block? <laughs> like go. that's all you have. Like literally, you have nothing to lose uh, than to actually trust Janelle and Kaiser. I'm thinking back to last season where I had a whole lot of frustration that we talked about this in the preseason podcast for Nicole had a whole lot of frustration towards Nicole and Cliff uh, during a specific portion of the game. And, you know, kind of sensing a common theme here of this equation that's causing me frustration that uh, seems to be 50, 50 Nicole Anthony every time. So I really, really like her a lot as a person, uh, as somebody on the show, but yeah, I'm sensing a theme. Yeah, interesting because I did just see somebody in the chat say Kevin is dragging her down for real, um, which is exactly what they said about Cliff. Yeah. But there yeah. is one common element here. <laughs> um, all right. So next up was uh, previously uh, Davon, who was just shy of the upper tier last week. And this week, she has, in fact, moved up into the upper tier above Enzo. Wow. That's um, not high enough. It's, uh, it was a small bump, but it was a bump. Uh, it's interesting because I actually, like, I've seen Davon on the feed so far, and I've kind of been disappointed a little bit. I've kind of been like, oh, her reads are not great. I don't love how much she trusts Cody, although last night is promising. Um, and if anything, in my eyes, like, my image of Davon has gone, like, a little bit down. Um, but, but my image of her was way higher than, than it started with this one. So, uh, I don't know. How do you feel about this one, Asia? I think I, I I can agree that, you know, bottom of the upper tier is fair. Um, but I I don't know if I'm totally disappointed in her game. I think that it is good for her that she is not trying to like do the most, like her words. Um, and so I think that's good because at least she's in good socially with a lot of people. But I think where we might see, you know, her go down on this list or go up on this list when she starts to have to make these decisions where let's say she's one of the deciding votes or, you know, she's making a plan to push someone to go home. I think right now she's riding the middle harder than we thought that she would. Um, and that we could have, we've seen from her game in the past. So I think when she starts making some decisions, she'll start being in a better position and move up on this legacy watch. But right now she's not really having to. 
Yeah. Um, and, and I think, uh, again, like, like my expectations were so high and I think she's doing very well. Um, like she is in the power structure. She's not really in a whole lot of danger anytime soon. She has a lot of people protecting her. So, um, I, in fact, I think she's probably playing the best she's ever played, uh, this season. Um, it's just that me personally, I was expecting even, even better. (laughs) Um, but it's not, not by that much, not by that much. And I, I'm very happy to see her at least in the upper tier here. I think that's very uh fair um i think that bailey should be up there with her but fine yeah uh Dallas, how do you feel about it um again davon i i was really high on her coming in um i feel like she's maybe i mean i could be off base i feel like she's playing pretty sloppy compared to how i expected her to her reads have been off what was the situation you can correct me on this because i might have it wrong but like the situation where she was telling janelle that she was like oh keisha's oh, wow, got the numbers like what was that i feel like she's lying and for what like in this game you can't you know lie when you have to yeah i feel like she's kind of tripping over herself because she's doing i think she is doing the most when she kind of doesn't (laughs) need to (laughs) yeah i forgot because and and like of course the internet was blowing up that whole night when davon was just like unnecessarily going to christmas going to to janelle and telling them that like oh keisha has the votes if we vote this way or maybe she has the votes um it was it was definitely a lot and um and i think that people were like what what are you doing just because like she she's in a in a good she came in in a good place and she is in a good place so it just yeah it felt unnecessary it's Mm. just gonna hurt her it's not gonna help her any Yes, yeah. and uh, I apologize. I, I I did forget to set up where this is coming from. I polled the audience um, on Twitter earlier today. The audience is voting for all of these placements, and uh, they're voting for the legacy of these players, which is a criteria that is entirely up to you. Most people look uh, a lot at gameplay, um, but you know, reputation and history, and and just how people perceive you is uh, all comes into play in this. Yeah, I. If we're if we're talking gameplay, we can uh, you know that's I, I feel like that's what Tuesday is. Uh, this is legacy, and I feel like Devon should have started in that top tier with those other four people. I think that Devon is not a legend of the game because of her fantastic gameplay by any means. She was out second on her first season, and she like was the first member of the jury on the next one. And she is still one of the people that we consider to be one of the biggest locks to come back. She is one of the most entertaining people in the diary room yes. in the house. She <laughs> She is just beyond like she is modern big brother. She is just yeah. everything that people have been that the people want. Everybody loves Davon. I don't care if she's not playing the cleanest game, but if this is about her legacy as a big brother player, character, whatever it is altogether, I think she's top tier. And I don't know how she's this far down, but I'm not the audience. I guess I'm, I guess I'm uh, just not on the same page as them. I don't care. I see in the chat. Uh, has she ever won this, that I, that's not the point. Like her legacy as a big brother personality is way higher than where she is right now on that chart. We found out today on the feeds that um, Christmas was contacted to be on all stars in late May. And Davon was contacted to be an all stars in July. You believe that? I mean, I saw that as well, but I was like, no way. She said that when she tweeted out, like, don't get your hopes up guys. I'm not on the season. She really hadn't been called yet. It was two days later that she got the call. I don't know what that's about. I mean, maybe, maybe they were just trying to make sure she wasn't going to be on another season of the challenge. That's what I, like. Did they think she was doing something else? Because I don't see any iteration of All Stars without her. Like, I do agree, she's the face of 
Modern Recently. Big Brother. I mean, the memes speak for themselves. I see her right. 20 times from non Big Brother fans. She's just, she's great entertainment. And I yeah. think that's always going to be that way, messy or not. I do yeah. agree with that. All right. So last week above Devon, we had Memphis. Just chilling there um, in the upper and uh, he would he had just made the upper tier. He was just stra- he was in the mem- uh, he was in the Enzo spot um, in the upper tier was Memphis um, this week. He has dropped from the upper tier down. Down to the low keep tier. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, he is above Nicole Anthony in the low tier. Memphis. Uh, big hit to Memphis's legacy, game wise, personality wise. Uh, this is not looking good for Memphis, Matt. Good. Uh, I mean, his gameplay aside, again, I, I really am, you know, focusing on the legacy. He's not winning any fans over this season. Between last week and then how he's been acting this week, uh, you know, legacy has a lot to do with, uh, you know, my personal definition of how I'm taking this is how the fans perceive you and how you're seen in the like overall terms of Big Brother. And not many people are into him. It's like, oh, this is why you lost. That's a lot of what I'm seeing this week. Uh, so this is why you got not a single vote. And the way he's been playing the game this week is just kind of proving to me that he belongs down here um, <laughs> alongside Christmas. I, I mean, Nicole as well, but uh, I, I think this uh, sounds good to me. Yeah, his gameplay has been atrocious in these past couple of days as HOH. And I mean, it says a lot for after every time there's a decision, everyone in the house right now is like, going back and saying, why Why did Memphis do that? Why is he talking like that? It's like for no one to be on your side but Janelle who you know has no emotion. She's like, Whoa, what was wrong with it? But besides that, like that's showing you that your behavior um, is doing something negative in the house and he doesn't even see it. Like mm-hmm. there's no mirror in front of him to see how people are perceiving him in the house. And so it's just like, there's absolutely no way you're making it final two continuing to behave like this because no one's going to want to keep you safe. No one's going to want to vouch for you at all. Yeah, this has been a, a bad year for, um, you know, legendary duos. <laughs> um, the Ch- Chill Town and the Renegades taking big hits. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Chill Town <laughs> is its own thing, but the Renegades, uh, people are pretty mad as well. Not just that uh, the guy in the house, the guy out of the house, because of the whole uh, who played the game for the people that are actually in the game. Yeah, that's a story. Yeah. Um, but um, all right. Uh, how do you feel about this, Dallas? Memphis? I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, he could have been bottom tier for me. This isn't how an all star plays. It yeah. just isn't. It, it, it's. It's one thing. Look, I like drama in Big Brother. Who doesn't? It's great for an episode. It's great for the feeds as long as they don't cut them. But when it's forced and then when it's just mean, I just he's just being mean, it feels like. And it's not serving any purpose except for dropping him on this legacy tier list. So I I don't get it. I'm not a fan. Yeah. When he finds out that David was downstairs crying from Danny and I don't remember the exact wording that he said, but basically saying, I don't give a shit. uh, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, interestingly, Janelle uh, just earlier today was like, uh, "Get over it. These, 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 like uh, these new players, they they so, they get they get her, her feelings hurt so easily." Um, I don't think we're going to see a Janelle drop though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so after Memphis, above Memphis, was Kaser last week. This week, Kaser has risen. He has gone up to the top tier. Oh, he landed at the bottom of the top tier. He managed to squeeze in there. That makes me feel much better, personally. I feel like Kaser is one of the faces of the show with up there with, you know, Janelle and Davon and, you know, like, uh, give me like a Rachel, a Dan, a Will. All yeah. of those people are like faces, the people that you remember when you think of Big Brother. Yeah. You think, or at least I do, I personally, I, I think Kaser might have been a little bit lost to the new school Big Brother player or Big Brother crowd. I think a lot of players, a lot of players, a lot of viewers didn't know who Kaser was coming into the season. Um, and they knew that a lot of people like were like loved Kaser back, who watched it back in the day. They were like, I, I didn't really get it. And then I saw Kaser on the season and now I get it. And now he's in the top tier. And this makes sense to me in Asia. Yeah, and the the producers love him. He's always on the feeds. Like I feel like this is only like you said reminded people that, you know, how awesome Kaser is and brought in these new people who didn't see him play the first time, first two times to say, "Oh my gosh, Kaser is a great guy." And it's like even though his game is not the prettiest and he's just, you know, wants to set fire to the house and he just uh he really wants to to play the game. He's I mean, the only person right now that he has undying loyalty to is Janelle because he, anyone else is already aligned with someone else. Uh, whoa. I was just caught Tyler just staring at the camera. It felt like he was looking at me. <laughs> what are you saying about Kaser? We want him gone. Who's Tyler? I thought his name was Taylor. Trevor. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that this has only helped Kaser's legacy. Like, we're always going to remember Kaser. Even if he were to leave next week, I think he would still deserve to be in top tier uh, from a leg legacy perspective. Because like you said, Matt, like you think of the person yeah. and I think he, that's where he deserves. Yes. Yeah. My gut right. reaction was, uh, was the same thing. I was like, well, not that I was just thinking like, I went to gameplay for some reason, even though I just said everything that I had just said. I'm thinking about how Kaser's played, but then the second Terrence started talking, I was like, yeah, no, that's absolutely. Uh, if Davon is somebody that's like a face of modern Big Brother, Kaser is certainly up there as well for, you know, the uh, old school season. So I think this makes sense as well. So sounds good. All right. Uh, last week, just above Kaser was Cody. Cody Califure. Um And this week, Cody Days almost exactly the same. Almost no change. Um, almost everybody has changed some some amount. Moved in a tier, whatever, until this point. Cody, though, remains about the same. A slight bump up. But, uh, but beyond that, not anything too major. Uh, Cody staying in the upper tier in, uh, in his legacy. Um, I think this makes sense. I'm looking at Cody, and I think he's playing significantly... Not significantly, a decent amount better than he played the first time. And I think he played really well the first time. Um, that said, still early and missing Derek could really show eventually. And I think we're already seeing this week things are not going super smoothly because you've got a wild card in the HOH. You know, you have Devin is now HOH right um yeah i was gonna say that earlier i would it's a perfect comparison it really feels like it so where's derek and uh he's nowhere to be found 
Can Cody handle this on his own? I don't know. And we're going to find out. I'm curious to see. Um, but, uh, but as for now, the audience feels like Cody is hanging on to his legacy. Um, I still feel like he has the potential to move up if he finds a lot of success in this season. But, uh, given how well he's already doing and the fact that that didn't move him up at all, I'm guessing that if he does poorly, we're going to see that, uh, they're going to, they're going to punish him for it, Asia. I think so, too. I think that in terms of personality, like we already know Cody's a great guy, like he's the favorite Calafiore brother. Um, but I, in terms of making decisions in the game, uh, people already like his legacy is losing to Derek in the final two. And so what he's here to prove is that he doesn't need Derek. But you saw last week he had to make a decision whenever Kaser and Janelle or yeah, Kaser and Janelle won the safe one safety. He's just like, Oh, Derek, why aren't you here? It's so much easier. If you were just talking to me or you were helping me make the decision. It's like, you're not helping your case. You're not helping your legacy. Watch the legacy stock watch. Um, <laughs> because it's proving the point that he just needs uh, Derek to make it further in the game. And it's not allowing him to stand as an individual, like in our big brother memory. How many weeks into the season until we get a uh, scene? Uh, you know how Derek's picture is like towards the top of the kitchen uh, of all that stuff. Like we're going to get that scene of Cody at the very end of the hallway upstairs, uh, leaning out and talking, like reaching to Derek for some help uh, when he needs it the most. And uh, like rest assured that that is coming at some point. But um, yeah, as far sometimes, as placement goes, sometimes I wish fine. there were they had low angle cameras like that. They could like shoot like uh, Cody sitting in the kitchen, just like looking up at Derek. <laughs> um, that would be fun. <laughs> we'll get there. We will. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, legacy. I mean, I still think, you know, Devon go ahead of him, but, uh, as far as where he himself belongs, I feel like that's fine to me. All right. Um, so above Cody last week was Nicole Franzel. This week, Nicole Franzel also stays pretty much exactly the same right there above Cody. Um, and again, another small bump upwards, but it's very small. Uh, she's going to stay there in the upper tier above Cody. Um, this makes some amount of sense to me. I think that if we had done this survey like uh, maybe a week ago, maybe last, if we had done like an early, early, early uh, legacy watch for only a couple days last Saturday, Maybe this would have been dropping, um, but uh, but I think that Franzel has shown herself to be a pretty capable player, especially over the last few days after she's had her sort of like emotional outburst against Janelle. Um, she's been pretty stable since then. She's been making some moves. She's reeling in Ian. She's reeling in Christmas. She's put herself in a pretty decent spot. She does have people like Janelle and Kaser coming after her, but they're never going to get anywhere with that as of right now. Um, and so the uh, the audience does respect Franzel's game, even if I don't think they like her personality all that much, Dallas. I'm right there with them. I agree 100%. I think Nicole's, you know, Franzel, we'll call her. Uh, she's playing her game and she's playing it well. The fact that she reeled Christmas in, got Christmas to think it was in her best interest to save Ian. I think that that is a testament to, you know, she's playing the game. Some of these people you're watching them on feeds. And you're like, when are they going to start playing? And I feel like Nicole has been playing, even to the point, you know, she she went right after Janelle, too, with the costume, something little. But she's planting those seeds, right? It's not bad to have an enemy, especially when they can't really come after you. So as long as she well, she could potentially win the veto. But as long as she doesn't get backdoored somehow, I think 
yeah, I, I, I think this is a good place for her. Am I a fan of listening to her cry because she's tired? No. Oh my god. Alice. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of all of that, I do think that she's one of the people I'm actually seeing play the game. Yeah, getting uh, Ian that safety this week, obviously that was all her. Christmas never would have gone out of her way to give no Ian way. safety. I, I tweeted, like, I've not seen those two have a single conversation. So we saw the night before uh, the safety competition, uh, Nicole and Christmas were doing a lot of bonding together. Their have-nots this week. They had their meeting with Memphis at the same time and just really seemed to be on the same page. And then the next thing we know, we had a safety competition that Christmas won and gave uh, safety to Nicole's, one of her number one uh, allies in the house. So, um, you know, just by this past week alone, she's definitely done enough to maintain her spot. Um, But given how fans are receiving her this season, and I can't, you know, exclude myself from that very much, but uh, uh, I can easily see her dropping unless she, like, maintains, like, a very good game all along. I think uh, at the second that she slips up, I think anybody will be really quick to drop her down. Exactly. I think her influence on on the house and on the decisions that are made, she's going to have to keep having an impact there or else she's going to fall down because nothing else is helping her. She was just crying just now. No idea why (laughs) I got after her, but it's just like tears every other day, constantly thinking about Janelle. Janelle Janelle just wants her out because she's so annoying, but like just just the the social game um and i guess the the negativity that comes with all the crying and complaining about the mm-hmm. little things like the costume that helps her that does not help her at all but then the fact that she has these influences on the game she's showing us she doesn't need a showmance to have an impact on the True. game she's going to have to keep doing that to maintain this spot or even go higher um but yeah if she doesn't uh, it's not looking good Yes. Um, so above Nicole Franzel last week was Kevin Campbell. Uh, Kevin Campbell, who was sixth overall in the upper tier of the cast. Um, and, you know, in the Legacy Watch, um, Kevin Campbell this week has fallen. He has fallen down. Careful. Down. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> To the low tier, <laughs> below Memphis, above Nicole Anthony below in the low Memphis. tier for Kevin Campbell. Um, people are not pleased. This is the biggest fall from grace uh, <laughs> that we will see on the Legacy Watch this week. People are not pleased with Kevin Campbell, Matt. Yeah, I'm not ready for uh, that big of a jump i i you know said what i was saying earlier about kevin this season is like this is not kevin campbell this is not the one that i know uh this is not the big brother 11 uh player that you know people are were waiting for a while to see if he would come back people gave up hope that he would come back uh and now he's here obviously things aren't going very well for him and uh, he's not really in with the numbers he's uh the gameplay is is really not there which for somebody who is specifically known for his gameplay uh is a big factor in his legacy I think that I probably would have had him at middle tier, probably around where Bailey is. Um, I, I think I would even have him above Bailey at this point because you can't just forget the whole season that he played before. Like if this was going just on this season, sure, he's in the low tier. Uh, but when you, you know, this is legacy as a big brother player as a whole. And I feel like this is a little too far uh, for him to have fallen or a lot too far. I mean, I, like when I look at Kevin and his game, if I like, I do see Big Brother 11, Kevin. Like, this is 
pretty similar to what he did, in my opinion. Um, he trash talked the fan favorites on the outside. Like he wasn't, he was on the outs. He trash talked the fan favorites. Um, and he kind of weaseled his way to the end. And I mean, it's possible that he gets backdoored this week. Sure. But yeah. if he doesn't, I could see him getting pretty far in this game and weaseling his way toward the end. I don't think he'll be as respected as he was in Big Brother 11. I think that he is playing against much better competition this season. And that's going to be, I think, part of his downfall. But uh, but I actually feel like the one of the main differences here, in my opinion, with Kevin from Big Brother 11 to Big Brother 22 is that um, his competition is much tougher. And his competition is much more likable. Um, and uh, and that's that's a problem for him, I think, Dallas. Um, I think what Kevin needs is to just take a deep breath and relax for a second and remember who he is, gain a little of that confidence back. He's savvy. He can read the house if he really tries. And he can win a comp, too, dude. He almost won the veto. If he if he didn't, you know, make the mistake of letting the clock run out, we would have had a completely different turnout. He also he would have been, almost won the safety sweep. So there you go. He he can do it. He just needs to relax. I think he's so down on himself. Even the edit they're giving him. He's like, I don't know what's happening. Wait, this is uh, this isn't me. And if he he's right. So, like, take a deep breath. Relax. Play your game because his game wasn't bad. His game was good. It got him to the end just about so i think that's all he needs it's one thing to be wrong but to be loud and wrong (laughs) exactly he's just he's influencing how nicole anthony feels he's he's playing into well he's not even purposefully playing into her insecurities but he's bringing them out just because he's so adamant about the things he believes even though he has no proof at all like you said if he just takes a step back relaxes gain that confidence then he'll be able to get somewhere in the house but right now I think he's almost I would say he's lower than Nicole Anthony um, just because he's he's the one coming up with these things that he's thinking yeah he is wrong. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I I mentioned this on the update this morning, but uh, Kevin Campbell being uh, loud and wrong is is very reminiscent of the Big Brother conspiracy theory fan base right now. Um, so uh, there we go. Above above Kevin Campbell last week was Keisha Smith. Oh, I can't look. Ooh, Keisha, who was high in the upper tier. In fact, she was at the top of the upper tier. Uh, is now a first boot on Big Brother All-Stars. And this is going to damage her legacy. She is going to fall down to the middle tier. Okay. To the middle tier. Okay. Uh, Below Bailey in the middle tier. Um, she's uh, not too much far- farther down to get to the low tier, but she's hanging in there. She's hanging in there. She's landed in the middle tier. Now, do we think this is reactionary and that Keisha will eventually come back up because we forget about Big Brother All-Stars? Is she the, you know, the Allison uh, of the original All-Stars where we just we just forget that she was on All-Stars and we remember the Allison that, you know, that really killed it in Big Brother 4. Um, Will she eventually come back up here, Asia? I don't think so. I think that for one Big Brother 10 was so long ago um, and the type of like 
player she is compared to like a case or Janelle, like we can easily think back to season six, season seven to think about just the icons that they are. But with Keisha, it was like, oh, yeah, if I if I can go if I go back and rewatch season 10, I remember how I felt when I watched that originally. But I think that the fact that this season is so recent, obviously, um, I think that that's going to play into just us remembering, oh, yeah, she did get out first. She had no idea what was going on in the house. She didn't campaign for herself. <laughs> um, and I think we're going to think about those things before we think about, you know, the the impact she had in season 10. Yes, I feel like I think people I think the people will remember her. I think she'll come back up a little bit. I don't know if she'll be able to get back into the upper tier. I think it's possible. I think that people are going to look at, I think people are going to remember this as Keisha went in and man, like she kind of got screwed. She was an alternate. She came on last. She didn't have a chance to pregame like everyone else. Um, and she, you know, she wouldn't have even gotten evicted if not for the safety suite. Um, and, uh, and man, that sucks. And so let's not, let's not dock her too many points for that. I feel like people will forget the sort of like quiet exit that she had Dallas. I yeah I agree with that 100%. I really think it, like it's not a blessing to go out first but legacy wise which is what we're talking about. I know everyone needed a kickstart obviously and we're not used to watching the feeds that first week so maybe it's just that. But it really seemed like everyone was kind of, you know, shaking off the dust and everything. The way that it seemed like Keisha's game was going to go if she stayed in, I don't know if it would have benefited her legacy at all. So it might be better that she goes out now. And yeah, we do stick to the Keisha birthday. We stick to the good old times, you know, I don't know that this is going to tarnish it as much as it would have if she kept playing. I don't know. And I think of Keisha now I'm thinking of uh, Trevor and Taylor, (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of iconic too. I mean, it's bad, but let's not live in a world where the first thing we think of uh, when we think of Keisha is Trevor and not birthday. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I fully agree. I think that if she had played a little bit longer, I really, I really think that it could have been more damaging to her, her legacy overall. Mm -hmm. Because if she was going to play like this all season, uh, you know, while the gameplay is really elevated and uh, you know, a lot of bad reads by everybody, but like, specifically by somebody like Keisha, who's not known again. She's not another person. She's another person not known for being a master gamer or anything. She's known for, uh, you know, the entertainment factor of it all. So exactly. if you had like a full season of really bad gameplay, uh, that would have probably give her an, given her a pretty big hit. But I think that she will probably come back up. I think she's always been uh, a legend of the game and, you know, somebody that is just well received, well remembered by fans. And uh, with some distance, I feel like that Allison thing will really play out uh, pretty well. All right. So above Keisha last week was Ian Terry in the top tier. And this week, Ian Terry did fall, but not far enough to go out of the top tier. He's actually going to stay in exactly the same spot. Um, He is above Kaser in the top tier, but they are both it's very, very close between the two of them, and they're both straddling the line, uh, top tier and upper tier. Um, I was actually a little bit surprised about this. I think that this, in part, will come from the fact that there was a huge discrepancy in how people rated Ian's game coming into the season and how they rated his game in the most recent Stockwatch. Uh, he got like something like a close to an eight uh, out of 10 preseason and was closer to like a four, a three or a four um, in the stock watch this week. So wow. I think a lot of people are like seeing Ian on the feeds, maybe for the first time and seeing like, 
oh, th- th- this is Ian. Um, I had a different image of his game um, in my head. And that's probably impacting his legacy a bit. But in terms of personality, I feel like Ian has popped uh, even more than he did on his first season. Um, you know, being able to talk about being on the spectrum, um, just the sort of like the positive attitude and enthusiasm that he brings to the game. And he had some of that in Big Brother 14, but he also had like a, like a, a bit of a, like an angry side to him in that season as well at times. Um, and I really feel like he has like matured and he is a, a lot savvier at the game and I'm very excited to see what he does. I feel like uh, in, in my eyes, Ian's legacy has gone up um, in the audience's eyes. It has decreased a little bit, but not quite enough to fall into a, just the upper tier because he remains here in the top tier. Asia, how do you feel about it? I definitely agree. I think that in order for Ian at this point to go down in in in, uh, in his in the legacy stock watch would be to just if I, I think his game would have to crash and burn. Like let's say he gets on the block and then doesn't campaign for himself or or isolates himself or something and is not able to get any votes and it just is like not the Ian that we would want to see. I think that would be the only thing because like I think. People are really enjoying really getting to know Ian, like you said, watching him on the feeds. Like he had that story last night where he's talking about his worst date experience yeah. where long story short, he had he had a date lined up. She canceled. So he got on Tinder and just swiped until he got a date that same night, which is so funny. Just listening back on that stories because like he's in Houston. I'm in Houston as well. Um, and he ended up matching someone in the woodlands, which is the uh, the area of Houston I live in as well. And Fun fact, I have come across Ian on a dating oh, site. no way. <laughs> I did. Um, Which way did you swipe? I swiped right because I'm like, hey, like we might have something in common, but he, he didn't swipe right. <laughs> Oof. But you're lost, Ian. Missed opportunity, yeah. I know. I, I, I'm still Bottom a fan. here so. for you. But, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hold on, guys. We got to call an audible on this one. Uh, sorry, Ian. Just, uh... Right. Down, down, down. <laughs> Get those screenshots in. Right. Uh, yeah, Ian. I think uh, it, it's fair to have him there. I might personally have him in like the uh, the, the tier below him, like at the top of that. I, I don't know. I think uh, he's right around the, the spot that uh, makes the most sense. I think the fans are really on his side uh, overall, especially like this season. I think people have always liked Ian, but um, uh, definitely this season as well. And yeah, I, I think it would take some probably like aggressively bad gameplay for him to drop a whole lot. I think even if he doesn't show a whole lot, but still kind of just, you know, quietly goes out at some point because people are targeting a winner. Uh, I think that doesn't really do a whole lot to drop him. I think he doesn't have uh, much, to, much to prove. I mean, he, he does feel like he has something to prove, but again, he is a winner. He is one of two winners on this cast. So I feel like um, it really will take a lot to uh, get him to drop too far. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on. Above Ian last week was Danny. And this week, Danny did fall but not very far and she stays above ian in the top tier this surprised me personally now we talked about this on survivor uh when we did this for survivor that the players who were returning for the second time for the first time um this was their second game were a lot more volatile in the legacy watch and the players who were coming back for a second time third time they tended to be a bit more stable and that's i think largely because they've you have a much 
like broader history um, that they can fall back on. And so even though I think a lot of people are kind of like not loving Danny on the season so far, um, they they still are able to remember back to their favorite Danny, uh, whether it's BB-8 or BB-13, probably BB-13. Um, and uh, and they they're not like they're not ready to drop her yet. They're not ready to say bye to Danny quite yet here, Dallas. Um, I'm honestly good with Danny staying top tier. I'm not in the same category of people that aren't big on her. I think she's doing a good job. I think she's her one thing. I think she might be getting too greedy because now she's trying Mm -hmm. to also work. a. She needs to stay opposite of Janelle. I mean, she, she can't have her cake and eat it too. She's insulated so well with everyone else. Like, you know, Stop while you're ahead. And that's, and the, think- that's the thing, too. Like, I don't think Janelle, if like when Janelle comes for that group, uh-huh. the Danny, Cody, Tyler, Franzel group, she's not touching. Danny's the one she's already not touching, in my opinion. Right. So exactly. the fact that she's going out of her way to try to make a deal to keep herself safe, I think is is like uh, like it, I, I don't think she needed to. It's dangerous. It, it, it's just dangerous. There's no need. Yeah, yeah the yeah. day. Yeah, the day her her game crashes and burns and people compare notes and talk to each other, like, I feel like that's going to come. It's too early right now to have your hands in so many pots. Like, you know, we're thinking week three, week four, and something happens to where someone connects the dots that she's in with everyone in the house. Like, it's not going to be pretty. So I'm I'm afraid that, you know, that BB-8, BB-13 Danny that we love is that's going to fade away if it's like a tragic, like, you know, uh, day when her game blows up but even when even when it does blow up i think that her legacy stays intact i think even because because her legacy is she's such a big character even on this season where she's like not a big character like she's like she's not like going crazy in the in the diary room or anything like that she's barely even been in there much and she's been very vocal about that uh but she is just somebody who is not going to ever go down quietly uh when she's in power she's not quiet when she's you know not when she's going to be on the bottom and if she ends up on the block she's not going to go quietly or anything like that so i think uh she's always going to have people talking about her and for that reason alone i think she stays pretty much in this tier uh for the duration of the game i don't think that i see her slipping I mean, maybe she slips down like one tier or so, but I can't see her going very far down at all, no matter what. Yes. Uh, and for, for what it's worth, I think this is the best I've seen her play um, in her three seasons so That's far. That's how I feel, too. Yeah. <clears throat> so after Danny, we have our top two. Uh, last week, Tyler was in second place in the top tier. This week, Tyler moved down slightly again. But not enough to move anywhere on this list. He remains above Danny uh, in the top tier, and he is going to remain here uh, in second place overall on the cast in the top tier. I think this is fair. I think that uh, this is where he should be. And I think that, uh, as always, Tyler has absolutely a chance to not only, I think, surpass Janelle eventually, but if he wins this season or does really well this season, I think Tyler is easily up there, you know, in the pantheon. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I wasn't the biggest Tyler Stan um, BB20. I there was just some. I think it was just the fact, you know, level six and just the fact that he didn't really face a lot of adversity. I think that's what what did it for me. Um, but I am liking Tyler a lot more this season. Uh, I think 
I'm really just getting to see the appeal that he had in season 20, which is the same appeal he's having with these people and why he's in good with people. Um, and I, I'm, I'm liking him a lot more this season. So I feel like that's only helping his legacy. Yeah. And for, for clarification, sake, uh, when I say that Tyler moved down a little bit, and, uh, but he didn't move anywhere on the on the actual list, there's a score associated with um, each tier. Um, and so there's actually there's a number that uh, his number went down a little bit, but he's still in the range of the top tier and he's still above Danny and below Janelle. So that's what that uh, that's what that is. Um, Dallas, how do you feel about Tyler? Tyler, I was huge on in 20. I know that about halfway through, like Asia said, people were kind of getting bored of it because it really seemed like he was just running the show and it was the, you know, Tyler, Tyler's playing big brother. That's what you watched for. But, you know, you start this season, he looked like a lost puppy. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh, this guy's going out quick. This is going to hurt him. And then not even three days in. And I'm like, wait a second. He's doing exactly what he did last time. He's making the connections. He's got how many final twos and like who's saying his name? I mean, yeah, recently they're doing, you know, the, the four or whatever, but I think Tyler's insulated. Well, I, I, I think Tyler deserves to be way up there. I don't see him going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, can't disagree with any of that. I think he uh, makes exact sense for where he is. Um, and he's playing, he's playing a lot better than, I ever could have anticipated because I expected his target to be so much bigger and I expected him to have to play from a different spot than he is. Uh, he's so one of the he's better players from recent seasons that is on this season. The fact that he is not a target immediately is so insane to me. Now, yeah, I, I uh, do think that he is playing not quite as good as he was in Big Brother 20. And I think part of that comes down to the fact that, as you mentioned, Dallas, he had a kind of a slow start. Mm -hmm. uh, he talked last night about how first couple days was, were really hard for him and he wanted to go home. Um, but uh, but his head is in the game now. But like those were crucial days for him to be uh, out of the mix there. Um, and so he, he I think he was already playing from behind, expecting to come in with Casey and Josh. And so uh, now he is playing even further from behind with uh, with having missed those few first few days of like real solid work. Um, but he's still such a capable player that um, I don't think he's anywhere close to out of it yet. Yeah, he's got to stay on top of things, though, because Christmas being his number one ally or one of his number one allies, it seems uh, obviously he might be like even closer with David as well. Uh, if Christmas slips and gets too close to Nicole and then Nicole and Ian have a thing and Christmas ends up more on that side, if the group ends up fracturing at any point, uh, you know, you got to be careful. He's got to ma make sure he's on top of these relationships. And yeah, I mean, exactly. I'm not saying he's not. It's just uh, he, he has to stay with them going forward. Well, with Casey, it was such a lock. It was like unspoken. They yeah. did their thing and then they did their thing, right? They didn't really have to touch base. And I think, yeah, with Christmas, because she is so gung-ho, you can convince her, you know, once and for all, let's all do it together. I think that, yeah, he does need to maybe touch base with her more and make sure that she knows what the actual goal is for those two, because she could get lost in the mess. Yeah. yeah, but I think he's built enough connections that like even these people that he's paired off with, if he's on the block against them, he's staying. Yeah, I think so. he would against anybody but but Cody right now. I think I think he'd have trouble with Cody. And that's I think, yeah. unfortunately for him, the one he's most associated with. Um, but we'll see. So that leaves us with Janelle. Last week, Janelle was just shy of the gods of the game, the Big Brother Pantheon, which I renamed it to because people are like, well, why is it gods of the game if it's not strictly gameplay? So, OK, fine. Uh, Timothy suggested uh, who does the website for the Stockwatch, the Big Brother Pantheon, which I actually liked a lot. So fine. 
It's the Big Brother Pantheon now. Word Whatever. still says gods of the game. I know. I said that earlier. I I'm forgot to edit gods it. of the game, yeah. <laughs> I, I edited it in the survey, and then I was like, oh, whoops, I didn't do it on the tier thing. So uh, you guys are going to have to deal with it. Um, I liked gods of the game. I thought it was cool, but nobody agreed with me. So, um, so this week, this week, Janelle just barely made it in. Wow. To the Big Brother Pantheon. She moved up just a hair, and that was just enough to put her into the Big Brother Pantheon. And uh, and there she is. I honestly expected a bigger jump for Janelle because, like, everybody's obsessed with her. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. In the house, out of the house, everybody's talking about <laughs> Janelle. Everybody's desperate for Janelle to stay. Um, and so I really, I expected that, like, uh, okay, like, you know, people remembered Janelle fondly but now they now it's Janelle now they're really gonna you know boost her score but um but not quite as much and I I have to imagine it's it is a similar situation where it's like people are loving Janelle but they're not quite loving the gameplay that they're seeing from Janelle so it did go up but it was tempered by that kind of like ah, but her game is not wonderful here Asia but yeah, that the way people are behaving with her in the house right now, it shows you how big her legacy is. Like they're thinking it's Janelle. She has to have an army behind her. It's Janelle. She has to have this major thing going on. It's Janelle. Why wouldn't she be aligned with Memphis? Why wouldn't she have all of these people behind her? And so then that's forcing them to like believe these things that they're coming up with when she's just she's doing her thing. She's with Kaser. She's trying to pull in like Nicole Anthony. Like she's, she's not doing everything uh, at the level that they believe she's doing. Um, And it's because of her legacy. And I think nothing has damaged her legacy thus far. And I don't, even if she were to go home next week, I still don't think that that would affect the Janelle that people think of when they think of her in her past three seasons. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Matt, yeah, nothing in this past week has really done much to make her go this high. Like she hasn't been, you know, all over the feeds in terms of like, you know, she hasn't been causing chaos or anything like that. She hasn't been the Janelle that we could see. We have seen Janelle could be before. Um, and the gameplay is certainly not, you know, pushing people over the edge to say right now Janelle is playing like a god of the game or anything like that. Uh, it's really just the fact that her name is in everybody's mouth right now. She is just all over the house in every single room and conversation it has to do with janelle in one way or another so uh just that alone i think is really you know propelling just from the legend that she is as a big brother legend um and then just the fact that this whole entire early part of the season really is revolving around what is janelle up to is she working with anybody is she doing anything underhanded that we're not seeing uh she has everybody on edge so I can see why she got that bump and I wouldn't be surprised if she stays there for a bit. Yeah. I, I think, I think this is where she should be uh, regardless of the outcome of the season. Um, I think on her first two appearances alone, she made a, a place for herself. She made a seat for herself in the Pantheon um, and Janelle will be forever uh, associated with big brother um, in, in a major way, Dallas. Yeah. I mean, just the red high heels alone with the star suit was enough to bring her up. But yeah, I mean, it's Janelle. If you take a look at the entire cast, her name being there makes it so much more like not. I want to watch this, but I need to watch this play out because Janelle's there, right? 
Janelle and Kaser. And so, yeah, I think she belongs there. Do I think her gameplay has really been, you know, that much, <laughs> that, that impressive? No, I, I hear a lot of from Janelle conversations like, why is no one playing? Where, like, where is, is, is anyone playing? And like, it's a little frustrating. I, I get it that those conversations are kind of to be had. But it's 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 not that fun to watch. And especially from a, a big name like Janelle. Yeah, her game might be fun to watch, but she's so fun to watch. Like, oh, yeah. even her her conversation with like uh, Bailey, like, why does everyone want to do what the HOH wants? Yeah, wants? that he's was not, crazy. He's and not going to be HOH. And Bailey's just like, because it's the rule. We res- yeah, we respect the HOH's wishes. And she's like, why? Like, that's <laughs> what does that mean? That was, I'll be honest, that was a little, little cringy. Janelle to me like just represents everything that the audience wants a Big Brother game yeah. to be, Literally. even if it's yeah. not yeah. the smartest game. Because mm-hmm. like the only way that Janelle makes it to the end anytime she plays is by just bawling out on the competitions mm-hmm. um, and like being an underdog and fighting her way through and, and yelling at people and like, you know, screwing over their power structure because they just can't get her out. Um, and like, that's everything that the audience wants to see yeah. from the game. It's not good gameplay because it's hard <laughs> to manage to do that, especially now uh, with the competitions being different in the way that they are and the fact that she hasn't been winning them. Um, but, uh, but she still represents that yeah. sort of like she can't play any other way and so she can't be anything but a fan favorite yeah exactly yeah. I, I think it was it like we know at this point janelle or Kaser needs to win in order for them to continue mm-hmm. to be safe like we know that so we know that they're not playing a game i i i personally think that they need to win in the next look at this week right season. yeah i thought that's that true, this that's week true. too and it didn't happen and i think they're still sitting pretty i agree yeah it feels that way the facade's there that we need to risk them to win. I Somehow think, right. they're the underdog. I think there were there were like only a few options of people that could have mm-hmm. won this HOH that uh, that would have kept them safe, and, and they got they got a little lucky that uh, that one of those options managed it. Right, right. I don't know how lucky they're going to continue to be, but I thought it was so funny on Thursday night that Danny and Janelle were making fun of how bad they were at that comp. <laughs> <laughs> they're just talking about, oh, like, we're we old suck. now. Yeah, we yeah. suck. Yeah. yeah. I, I when I saw Janelle's name on the list and everything for her coming back, I felt a little similar to I think how a lot of people uh, felt like oh, four times. I mean, okay, I mean I get it. Of course I get it. if Janelle says yes, they're going to have her on. But I wasn't like as excited. Um, I thought that you know there were a lot of recent all stars that I expected to see over her. So maybe I was just more surprised to see that she was there and saying yes. Um, but like when she's back in the house, you see why you know of course she's here. Why she is in this tier uh, on the Legacy Watch here. It's just. Like I said, she, you know, her name is in everybody's mouth. People can't stop talking about her. And that's not going to change uh, up until the day she gets out. So uh, sorry to Nicole Franzel. But uh, <laughs> like, just what is she going to do when she gets home and, and watches these podcasts back, as we know she's going to do, and sees okay. Janelle all the way at the top and uh, herself a whole two rows down. Not yeah, I mean, tell production. She is. Yeah, she's gonna she's gonna call um (laughs) i i yeah yeah um all right so that was the legacy watch for this week uh this was so much fun um do you guys have anything else that you wanted to bring up at all um before we we wrap this up 
I was supposed to change my background because the feeds were going to go down. And we were going to change it oh, over yeah, to the puppies. Yeah, where are the kittens? Or the kitties. I mean, I can just change it anyway. And we nah, can, it's, uh, it would be a lie. Go? It's not Well, maybe it's not I can true. manifest it with this. I mean, I, I felt bad not uh, changing. I can't believe that it's still not started. That's crazy. But uh, sorry, to, uh, that's not what you asked. <laughs> but I uh, <laughs> uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, uh, really cool to get to chat with uh, Dallas and Asia. So glad uh, we were able to uh, make this happen. And yeah, I don't know. I agree. It was really nice uh, getting to meet y'all too, uh, Dallas and Matt. But uh, I think that, you know, I I can't wait for the veto to happen. I'm not sure what time it'll happen. It's already eight o'clock there. Like, what are they thinking? The sun should be down by now. So, um, you know, I don't know how late we're going to get a veto comp and a veto winner, but I know that I want whoever wins to to I don't know I don't know what I want to happen I just I hope <laughs> I think that because I honestly would be a-okay with either Nicole or David going home um, just because there are so many other people in the house I enjoy watching because uh, I don't trust whoever Memphis would put up next like I'd be afraid that it could be someone like I Bailey too. it's just like okay let's just keep it how it is but how cool will it be to see like David win the veto or Nicole even to win the veto like what would happen then and the chaos out ensues so we'll see I did have a weird moment of like cognitive dissonance earlier this morning when I was tweeting about uh, Danny pitching to Memphis about doing a backdoor and Memphis was just completely stonewalling her <laughs> And normally when I tweet something out like that, uh, like I, I just like instinctually expect a bunch of anger toward Memphis that like, screw this guy. He's being such a douche to Danny. He's, uh, you know, acting like he's so condescending and uh, he, he's too scared to make a big move. We want the big move to happen. Um, but in the, in the responses to the tweet, it was like, King Memphis, yes, let's go. What? Shut her down. She sucks. Uh, protect Janelle at all costs. And I was like, oh, whoa. I was just like, of course they think that way. But like, I, it would just like, it threw me out of balance. <laughs> uh, Who are normally these people? We're, normally we're rooting for the big move to happen. Um, yeah. But uh, but not, not in this particular instance. Yeah, uh, it, it does feel weird to be going into a uh, veto competition whenever it starts. And like, nobody's really rooting for the veto to get won by a nominee. Like, that's right. a little unusual, but that's, yeah. that's this week. Dallas, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any final thoughts for us? Yeah, thank you for having me on. This is my first podcast with you guys. So this was super fun. Asia, it was great to meet you, Matt. You too. Good to bounce ideas back and forth. Um, again, yeah, I agree. I I don't know exactly what I want from this cast. I want the game to start getting played a little, you know, a little harder. And I think the ball did start rolling a little quicker this week, messy as it was. And I'm hoping that that momentum just keeps going. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with the veto. I do still have high hopes. I'm, I'm very excited. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. Again, fever dream. <laughs> Continue to watch to see how this plays out because I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> All right. Where can people find you, Dallas? Um, so I just started tweeting on a different Twitter account because my main one is mostly Pokemon. So if you guys want to see my big brother hot takes, Dally Cat Strike, that's mis- mostly where I'll be. So Not, not at Dallas Geasley? Not at Dallas Giesling. Could you not get it? Like, what's going on? It was already taken, and so was Uh, Dallas Giesling, mm. too. So, (laughs) could have gone from underscore or something. uh, (laughs) All of them taken, dude. You'd be surprised. You make like do three G's like Melissa. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Asia, where can people find you? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, it's Asia like Asia. So A-Y-S-H-A like A-S-I-A. And Matt. On Twitter at Matt Liguri. And uh, that's that's where I am for all the stuff I'm up to with the Glee podcasting of it all. You can find it all there. So that's it. All right. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at Armstrong Taren or on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Taren Armstrong. Last night, I was live uh, talking to Ovi um, about some of, uh, you know, the Tyler's game plans coming in, David's game plans coming in. Um, so you can check that out on Twitch if you want. And uh, you can find me, of course, tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern to update you on everything that happens today and tonight on the Big Brother 22 live feeds. Tomorrow night is going to be an episode recap uh, after the uh, episode that airs tomorrow night. So check that out and see you then. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.